0: explain those bad lads that's a hell of a name
1: Mr. Vice President I'm going off script again I know but I just want to personally thank you we've been through some stuff we've gone through some, some of the most complex military operations this country ever conducted, and your steady hand and your leadership during those was a great source of strength for me. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your character. Thank you for your selfless service. Thank you for commitment. Thank you for being a mentor to me, Mr. Vice President.
2: It's
0: called the swap, and you know what happened, and you know what I did? a big favor. I caught the swamp. I caught them all. Let's see what happens. Nobody else could have done that but me. I caught all of this corruption that was going on and nobody else could have done it. Four years we gather on these steps to carry out the orderly and peaceful transfer of power today's ceremony however has very special meaning because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another but we are transferring power from Washington DC and giving it back to you the people For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. This is a president of the United States who is a danger to the republic. America first. He knows he's an illegitimate president. The oath of office I take today is an oath of allegiance to all Americans. The great
1: Trump recovery.
0: America will never be a socialist country. I will fight for you with every breath
3: in my body. Russia. Russian Pro-Russian. Russian. Russia. Russian. 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 The Russians.
0: Russia, Russia. 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 And I will never, ever let you down.
2: A dangerous virus is spreading rapidly in China, and US officials are very worried that it could come here.
0: This is really the worst attack we've ever had. This is worse than Pearl Harbor. This is worse than the World Trade Center. There's never been an attack like this. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. What they're doing is using COVID to steal an election. Together, we will make America strong again. You know what it's about? Fraud. Fake ballots. We will make America wealthy again. They are trying to steal the election. Now, under the leadership of President Trump,
1: we are fully realizing President Kennedy's prescient view of special operations forces.
0: We will make America proud again. And watch, please, those mail-in ballots we will make America safe again. And in millions and millions of ballots. Their vote is under what they thought they needed. Dumping more ballots in there, okay? And yes, together, we will make America great again. Thank you. God bless you. If we are right about the fraud, Joe Biden can't be president. Congress, the chair declares the joint session dissolved. off. Oh, and God bless America. What
2: storm
0: is You'll find out.
1: Here's the moment you've all been waiting for. Here is devolution.
4: Devolution. 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 devolution.
0: With Tell Patriot, the best is yet to come. Congrats on this. I like this show. The Power Hour. That's got a good sound to it.
4: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Saturday edition of the Devolution Power Hour. hope you guys had a great week. I am very much looking forward to this episode, as I always am. How are my Saturday co-hosts doing?
5: Fantastic. I saw in the chat just now somebody saying that this intro video, it never gets old. And it's very true. Uh, the, yeah. the intro video for this show was really well put together and kind of covers what we talk about really effectively with that little haunting music in the background. So yeah, I enjoy he, it every time.
4: Yeah, the guy who made it, uh, P-H-S-J-R on Twitter. Um, oh,
5: I know him. I mean, yeah. I never knew what that handle stood for, but I, I recognize him absolutely. Yeah, so I still don't know what it stands
4: for, but yeah. yeah, he made it like years ago
6: and it's just timeless. It
5: Really holds up.
6: <laughs> yeah.
4: Chris, how are you doing? Are you done yelling? I
6: I didn't uh I didn't realize I was yelling. I was uh I, I didn't I didn't realize how that room sounded, so my voice projected. Um Patrick always says he's living the dream, and I I saw a meme that that uh, encourages us to replace living the dream with the horrors persist, but so do I. So
5: that is exactly how I feel now, too. The horror right. is so do I.
6: As long as Patrick and I are on the same page.
4: All right. Well, that is certainly interesting. Um, tonight's show, we're going to talk <laughs> Mike Benz and that interview we had. And that, that'll probably be a majority of the show, because there's yeah. a lot of different ways we can weave through that. Uh, we'll talk some other sister stuff, too, some developments. Um, we might get into the Russia stuff lately. They've won a victory or something in their latest real battle going on over there and i don't know ukraine's with withdrawn a little bit allegedly and uh also uh zelinski is asking china for help to end the war or something it's, it's just ridiculous and then we'll also maybe get into the fanny willis stuff because i do want to hear your guys i especially want to hear patrick describe fanny willis in only a way patrick can so
5: god set expectations low folks because uh, <laughs> my behavior will be sounds like we're
6: getting taken off rumble tonight <laughs> no.
4: no way no way but okay let's go to the ads first patrick um let's kick it off with mid-atlantic and the wellness oh. company and then if you're ready for it
5: i am i am so ready all right right, let's we do go it. mr becker All right, with renewal season and open enrollment behind us, it's important to note that we at Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance are still able to enroll you into Cigna PPO insurance plans. David Becker and his son, Jesse, of Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance are here to help you get the best possible PPO insurance coverage at affordable rates. If you think the cost of groceries has exploded, you should see what the hospitals are charging these days. Without the proper PPO protection, you could be liable for tens of thousands of dollars in the event of a surgery or hospital stay. Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance has been helping small business businesses and self-employed individuals save money and get the best possible insurance protection since 1990. Having a great nationwide network like Cigna will help you keep your costs down while providing the highest level of coverage. Call David to get a free quote today at 609-577-8557. That's 609-577-8557 or visit badlandsmedia.tv/becker. And uh, I am now a customer of the Mid Atlantic Business Alliance. Getting more really? responsible in my old age, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 gonna start. No, we're gonna start trying to have a baby. So we want to be fully health insured if there's going to be baby having in the future. Nice man. Congrats. Well, incited the erection. I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Let's do the wellness company next. (laughs) Absolutely. Life is unpredictable. If we've learned anything these last four years, it's that. And while we can't possibly predict everything that might be thrown at us, we can prepare for it. Introducing two new emergency kits from the wellness company. The first aid emergency kit is next level readiness. From everything from sports activities to camping trips, compact and convenient, this kit contains critical prescription medications and supplies that every American should have on hand as your go-to solution for any situation. The travel emergency kit is specially designed for life on the go. Compact, lightweight, and loaded with essentials for any adventure, whether it's a road trip, a hike, or just the unpredictability of daily life. Be ready. Response time matters. Next level readiness is at your fingertips with emergency kits from The Wellness Company. Stay one step ahead. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC and use promo code Badlands for an exclusive 10% discount. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC. Promo code BADlands. And I'm I'm a very vocal uh, critic of big pharma. It doesn't mean that I don't think that sometimes you need to have one of those things. Antibiotics might not be good for you, but there's no question about it. There are circumstances under which an antibiotic will save your life. So just wanted to yep. throw that out there.
4: We are being criticized for our reaction to your news of the baby. <laughs> like, boys are there's so no weird. no baby.
5: There's no baby. Just a decision of- to make one.
4: Exactly, and I, so, like, what are we supposed to say to that?
5: <laughs> these are men, guys. This is not. This is not a sewing circle. I, I was yeah. just happy to mention it as a, a a reason why I got insurance. Gotcha. I
6: think also that we kind of knew that that was your plan. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. So it's, it's just like just funny yeah. to observe. Yeah,
4: observe. I don't think I mean Patrick saying
6: either. it. No, 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 no. Observe. Uh, you know, Patrick telling that publicly and engaging the reaction
5: you know? yeah. it's just
4: a weird like there, there's no appropriate response for a guy to have to that it's just weird i don't know
5: yeah I, i'm right there with you dude
4: but cool yeah we're all excited for you, you just and
5: say god speed you thanks, spank bro.
4: him
6: on the button and say get get back in there
4: also i said in the channels like what do i say like good luck with the sex patrick like <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> Anyway, guys, um, uh, I want to do one more little promo thing for the calendar Andy 5x5 made because it's amazing. It's just a quick 30-second uh, calendar promo. And make sure you guys hit the thumbs up. We always appreciate that. Hit that thumbs up for us yes. and keep us at the Rumble number one spot on Saturdays in, on Rumble.
5: Did he make me into pinhead
4: Hellraiser. Yeah, oh, you, didn't, you haven't seen that?
5: I have not seen that. That's freaking badass. I want oh, yeah. I want a copy of that uh of that of that calendar.
4: Well, you go to merch and then home living calendars, and yeah, I'll show you the picture here.
5: Hell to the yeah,
4: there you, you guys, are, sir.
5: Look at this freaking thing. You guys, obviously, you guys have to get this calendar, Andy. Five by five. Wow, that really is my face on, on Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of eerie.
4: Yeah, it is, but it's very fitting as well. Um, very Anyway. True.
6: Man, so hold on. Uh, Speaking of that, I've been messing with like AI uh, image generators and it is, it's a crazy world over there, man. You like have to figure out how to tell the AI exactly what you want knowing that it can only do a kind of limited range of things despite the fact that some of the images look like they're so incredible or complicated and then you also have to remember that ai is like ultimately kind of retarded and the hands are always mangled and uh it can't do hands very well it can't do hands and it just puts strange objects in places for no reason. Did, did you They're see really
4: the ones Zach sent in our chat? Like I mean they were really good, but a couple things were super weird. Like sure. they gave Donald Trump a ball sack on his chin, essentially.
6: Like it, it oh yeah like there, yeah that was a little that was a little strange. I didn't well, see what
4: that. um what ai generator do you use?
6: I was messing with uh so so Canva, which is just a uh, kind of yeah. like you know what it is a graphic. I use it all the time. Where, yeah. Um, they have an AI app on there now. Actually, they have a series of AI apps on there. And so you can mess around with those, lang- uh, those like text to image models. And then, uh, I was messing around with Leonardo AI man, and man. also, that- uh, yeah. Ali and Imogen or imagine
5: or whatever <laughs> it is, the Google one. Go ahead, Patrick. Y- you know, <laughs> All of these AIs, all being released, like, like they're disposable. Like, there's just an unlimited number of them, and then pretty much all within the same year, because yeah. it seems to have come all at once. And now I'm seeing that that AI can generate videos at will. Mm-hmm. That, that's a recent thing.
4: Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to get and into I think that. I, know,
5: I think I know why this is. I think the people who have the ability to produce these AIs, are going to need the public to stop accepting any evidence of any kind. And they're going to need that to be soon. Maybe. If you can declare any video fake, kind of like I do already, but if if the general public can start declaring any video a fake, then it's really, really difficult to bust these people for their crimes.
4: Yeah. yeah I mean, you'd think there'd be enough evidence for it, but it, it's concerning uh, definitely like the deep fake stuff it, you, you never know what is real and, and they they can fake anything they could fake an entire war somewhere we would have no no idea
6: you know it's funny yeah. i sent I sent Patrick an article I was looking um i was I was digging a little bit on i think Pat, Patrick will say his name better, but I think it's Jean Baudrillard that's good no. enough okay. So he wrote uh, Simulation and Simulacra. If I'm saying that correctly, it's a book that's referenced at the beginning of The Matrix. And uh, it talks about a theory called hyperreality, which is in some sense similar to what we're dealing with, but it's just these layers. There you go. Um, Exactly. Uh, And he actually had a pretty widely read and influential essay back in the nineties called the, or he had a series of essays. The Gulf war did not take place. And he was basically arguing before the Gulf war that it wouldn't happen during the war uh, that it's not happening. And then after the war that it didn't happen. And, uh, and he's arguing it on a lot of the same bases. We are discussing these things now. So, you know, we talked, you just mentioned the fourth PSYOP group a second ago, talking about just faking scenes in World War II. It's not like this is a new thing. And if everybody in society believes that something happened and you don't actually have to have the thing happen in order for everyone to believe it, then which thing takes primacy at that point? And so that's kind of what he's writing about. And I mean, it's fascinating stuff. We're dealing with it on some level. For sure. That
4: that is interesting. I'm going to have to check out this book.
5: You know how you can watch a video and you can notice that the camera jostle, the the camera moving up and down, uh, designed to make it look as if the person holding the camera is walking, the human eye is able to tell if that's done naturally or algorithmically. And a lot of the stuff we've been seeing coming out of these wars, coming so-called out of these wars, so-called coming out of Maui, they had that algorithmic bounce going on that made it look like you were watching a first-person shooter. And we can just freaking still tell. And I think that it's going to be important to keep watching for that because I think an enormous amount of the so-called video evidence we receive is produced on computers. Patrick did you see um
4: Matt Walsh's thing about the moon landing?
5: Yeah, it was it, it was a friggin' disgrace. Way wait, wait, disgraceful human being.
6: Oh, come on, please let me um hate it along with you. Tell me what right. happened.
4: It's like 20 minutes long, but he he basically he was watching a movie, the one um I can't remember the guy who Ryan Gosling is Neil Armstrong and okay. he was posting about it on Twitter. And everybody's like calling him out for like, oh, the moon landing's fake. And then he went on a 20 minute like tirade about how he thinks the moon landing hoax theory is like absurd
5: and wrong. And that and that the moon landing hoax theory proponents have now been canceled by by Velcro Beard himself. Oh,
6: he's he's taking a stand, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. He's declaring that moon landing hoax people are the dumbest people ever. What I
6: mean, a... I'm not going to say anything. Um, Douchebag. He, he says it's finally time to cancel moon landing deniers. These people... I mean, I talk about how they're the world's leading producers of trans content, and it's true.
5: <laughs> yes, it is.
4: Yep. But then also, um, you were talking about... Look at him, like
6: a big gay lumberjack just... uh. Actually, not even a big gay lumberjack. What is that beard? What
5: is that beard? Is that even real? Are you familiar with this guy? Nope. You're...
4: No. Okay, never mind. He, he looks like familiar to me, but this guy responded to me on Twitter. He like he's a, he's a Trump hater. He does
6: look familiar. Trump butter.
4: He's a Trump hater.
6: Okay. I mean, yeah, you can see that just looking at him.
4: <laughs> yeah, this is what he... He responded with a few things. Who the, who the fuck is this guy? I sent him your You Sound Vaccinated thing.
6: Nice. That is the perfect answer for guys like this. Yeah, yep.
4: there it is. But anyway, okay. Let's.
5: Sounds. Cheers to you. Thanks, man. Time. You
4: could come back to Twitter and you could send that to Matt Walsh after watching that video.
5: I think I, to, I, I told Matt Walsh he sounded vaccinated. I was pretty okay. sure at some in some spot I, after he did that crap. That was wow.
4: Okay, we, we could probably get into like actual show topics here now, Possibly, yeah. and if you guys are okay with that
5: yeah of course
6: for me I can make fun of Ron DeSantis supporters all day
4: (laughs) I know you could okay so Mike Benz did an interview with Tucker Carlson I think it aired two days ago now and if you're Mike Benz he like kind of came out of nowhere like six months ago or something I don't even remember just all of a sudden I think Chris you were the one who first started talking about him he was doing like his little walks around and talking about stuff and Some of it was Twitter related. So I don't even remember what the rest of it was. A lot of it was censorship stuff, but he started like going on interviews and he's he's kind of exploded. And now he finally made it up to Tucker and it was one of the most mind blowing interviews I've seen. Just just because of like how brilliant he is and how well versed he is in the, the stuff that he studies for a living. Mm-hmm. And do you know what his background even is? I, I know he worked in the Trump administration at one point.
6: He was doing um, work in, some cyber related field for the state department. Yeah. Let's see if I could find, he's
4: just a former Trump state department official. I guess that's all. it
6: The way it's... I stumbled a- across his stuff is, um, he was in a Twitter space one night, just right after I had gotten back on there, I think toward the end of 2022. And, uh, I heard him talking about all the stuff that I had been talking about in 2020. um, between, you know, defeat disinfo, which was the Stanley McChrystal thing, how they had basically taken uh military developed processes and technology and trained them on the American people in order to censor everybody. You know, they, they said they developed all these techniques for dealing with, you know, putting down terrorism in the Middle East, and then they just brought it all right back here. I mean, and it's stuff even down to the way you target micro influencers to seed a narrative throughout these little micro groups that they can assign. And they know that if they saturate through enough of these groups, then everybody will collectively make this the consensus opinion within even broader groups. And that's how they control, you know, collective belief.
5: And now they have an arbitrarily large number of chat bots that can all pass the touring test and can be instructed to herd us like goats.
4: Yeah, uh, I do have some good news with Mike Benz. So we had been emailing kind of back in December trying to get him on for an interview. And in my post yesterday when I shared his Tucker interview, I kind of called him, I was like, I wish he'd respond to my email. He did, well not my email, he messaged me on Twitter last night and he's gonna come on sometime in March. So I think it'll be the second week of March, I'll be interviewing him. So I'm very much looking forward to that because I have a couple threads I wanna to pull. Tonight's discussion, I think there's this clip from, uh, who, who posts this? Vigilant Fox. And it's about a three minute or a four minute clip. And I think this is pretty relevant to, to Devolution. And if there's anything else you guys wanna discuss about this interview, we can get into it. But let's listen to this first.
3: The Atlantic Council in January 2017 moved immediately to pressure European governments to pass censorship laws to create a transatlantic flank attack on free speech. By the way, Patrick, have you listened to this yet? Every word of it. Okay. In exactly the way that Rick Stengel essentially called for to have the U.S. mimic European censorship laws. One of the ways they did this was by getting Germany to pass something called NetzDG dg in August 2017. Which was, which, which was essentially kicked off the era of, uh, of automated censorship in the US. What NetsGG required was unless, unless social media platforms wanted to pay a $54 million fine for each instance of speech, each post left up on their platform for more than 48 hours that had been identified as hate speech, um, they, would, they would be fined basically into bankruptcy when you aggregate 54 million over tens of thousands of posts per day, And the the safe haven around that was if they deployed artificial intelligence-based censorship technologies, which had been, again, created by DARPA to take on ISIS to be able to scan and ban speech automatically. And this this gave, you know, I call these weapons of mass deletion. These are essentially the ability to censor tens of millions of posts with just a few lines of code. And the way this is done is by aggregating Basically, the the field of censorship science fuses together two disparate groups of study, if you will. There's the sort of political and social scientists who are the sort of thought leaders of what should be censored. And then there are the sort of quants, if you will. These are the programmers, the computational data scientists, computational linguistics. Every university, there's over 60 universities now who get federal government grants to do this censorship, uh, the censorship work and the censorship preparation work, where what they do is they create these code books of the language that people use the same way they did for ISIS. They did this, for example, with COVID. They created these these COVID lexicons of what dissident groups were saying about mandates, about masks, about vaccines, about high profile individuals like Tony Fauci or um, or Peter Daszak, or any of these other protected VIP individuals whose reputations had to be protected online. And they created these code books. They broke things down into narratives. The Atlanta Council, for example, was a part of this, this government-funded consortium, something called the Virality Project, which, which mapped 66 different narratives that dissidents were talking about around COVID, everything from COVID origins to vaccine efficacy. And then they broke the, down these 66 claims into all the different factual subclaims. And then they plugged these into these essentially machine learning models to be able to have a constant world heat map of what everybody was saying about COVID. And whenever something started to trend that was bad for what the Pentagon wanted or was bad for what Tony Fauci wanted, they were able to take down tens of millions of posts. They did this in the 2020 election with mail-in ballots. It was the wait, same. Wait, 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 me I ask Keith, wait, I,
7: I'm sorry. i just got to have to. There's, there's so much here, and it's so shocking. So you're saying the Pentagon, our Pentagon, the U.S. Department of Defense, censored Americans during the 2020 election cycle?
3: Yes, they did this. They Oh, they did this through the. So so there's the two most censored events in human history, I would argue, to date are the 2020 election and the covid-19 pandemic.
4: See, where, where I'm confused and this is what I'm going to press on the interview is the part with the Pentagon. The Pentagon, from everything else I heard in that interview, it was all DHS and CISA and all these other like NGOs and everything. The Pentagon, when I think Pentagon, I think Cybercom, I think uh, like all the other combatant commanders, I think the 4th PSYOP group and all these things. I, I haven't actually seen any evidence that they were the ones involved in this. And and I, I don't know if you guys remember from the interview
6: if he clarified that any further. But to me, what? that's that's a good thing. So, you know, just to be clear, we mentioned this briefly before we came on air. It's it's my opinion that, well, first of all, he said DARPA at one point in there. So Tucker could be drawing that out of the context and generalizing as the Pentagon, what might otherwise be described as the military industrial complex or elements of the uh, the military industrial complex and DHS and these other things. I mean, he described it kind of uh, across the board, like a bunch of uh, organizations involved. And then Tucker is the one who kind of asked that question. Like you're saying, it's the Pentagon, our Pentagon that did this. So I, I don't know how much to read into that when Mike Benz responds in the affirmative. I mean, I suppose he could have said, Well, I'm not talking right now specifically about the Pentagon, but that's how I heard it. And also,
5: these NGOs, you know, there are probably a dozen NGOs that are involved and NGOs tend to work with the Defense Department as well. There could be connections there. And also, it could be also be true that they just mean the government or the, the bad guys I
4: mean, because we've definitely seen there's been so much with CISA, right? Like CISA, a lot of people had hopes that CISA was going to do the right thing. They're there to defend the election. They obviously didn't. They dropped the ball. We'll get into a little report that came out. It was foia here in a little bit. Um, but they're the ones that were played a major role in the censorship, censorship side of things. We don't know if they actually defended the election. But the, the DOD, like this is where it comes down to the devolution stuff. Like th- there's been a the, – the last like six months – and even more recently the last month we've had so much coming out about how the cia and these other you know state department employees or whatever the, the, these permanent government employees and the intel agencies have been the ones that have been against trump this whole time the only ones that we believe and have evidence that trump made moves with to fight against them was in the defense department like the pentagon the all those moves he made with with uh, irregular warfare and everything that. The the psyop stuff, the fourth psyop group, Chris Miller, everything he did after the election was stolen, all that stuff to me points to things he would be putting in place to combat the stuff that Mike Benz was talking about here. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah.
2: So
4: I don't know. Like I didn't. I just didn't like that question because it wasn't very, like like he didn't clarify the Pentagon's role, and whether they had any. And I because I don't think they have. I don't know. But the rest of the the, the interview itself is in like he distinctly lays out very vividly how the state department and, and CIS, they've been stealing elections everywhere. And yep. that's how they stole the election in 2020.
5: He also says that the designation of election machines as critical infrastructure yep. was an enemy move that CISA itself was an enemy organization that executive order one three eight four eight was weaponized to help steal the election, not help it. He takes a very different point of view on these devolution topics. It, it's and I don't have the ability to figure out which one it is. Well, we uh, always
4: we always knew that Jay Johnson was the one who who did that.
5: Yeah, we did. But have we really? Have we really addressed the the claim in this case, the claim that it is used as a way of stealing elections rather than protecting them?
4: I guess I mean, but it 1, also allowed Trump to eight do is things a Donald too. Trump
5: is a Donald Trump executive order. Let's
4: try say that again. Gonna...
5: 13848 8 is a Donald Trump executive order and we also know that that Sidney Powell very much wanted to use The powers granted the president, or it's not the powers granted the president, but the the language of Executive Order 13848 to help contest the 2020 election. But if you look at the content of this interview, it is brought up that 13848 can also be thought of as something that the bad guys could use, even against Donald Trump.
4: I I think I might have missed that if that was mentioned. Uh, 13848 was definitely
5: mentioned during this interview. I remember that.
4: I'll search for it in the transcript after this, but I do want to play the part about Jay Johnson here. Okay. It's, it's in, coming up here. So let's listen to this.
3: Around withholding Ukraine aid, this same network, which came straight out of the Pentagon uh, hybrid warfare network, uh, military censorship network created after the first you know, Ukraine crisis in 2014 were the lead architects of the uh, Ukraine impeachment in 2019 and then essentially came back on steroids as part of the 2020 election censorship operation. But you know from their perspective, I mean, it certainly looks like the perfect crime. These were the people, DHS at the time had actually federalized much of of the national election inf- uh, um, uh, administration through this January 6, 2017, Uh, uh, executive order from outgoing Obama um, DHS head Jed Johnson, uh, which essentially wrapped all 50 states up into a formal DHS partnership. So DHS was simultaneously in charge of the administration of the election in many respects and the censorship of anyone who challenged the administration (laughs) of the election. Uh, This is like, you know, putting essentially the defendant uh, of a trial uh, as the judge and jury of the trial. But but, but you're not... There.
5: So and 13848 specifies, as real Deacon David points out in the chat, specifies foreign interference in a U.S. election. And one of their biggest propaganda talking points on the left was Russia interfered in our election. So based on 13848, surely they could try to pull some, I don't know, crazy crap. Wasn't 13848 signed before the midterms?
4: um yeah it was no it was September yeah September of 2018 mm. sort have been a couple months before the midterms okay um I'm trying to see I don't know if they mentioned that in here Thirteen eight four eight.
5: there's no way I hallucinated that are you sure I mean I could have mixed it up with another interview I guess I'll watch it again. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this thing again too.
4: But I mean, he, he, it's it's the most clear understanding you can give to any, like if any if you're gonna try to red pill somebody, this would be a great interview to do it with because yeah. you can't argue with any of the stuff he says. It makes perfect sense. There there's factual evidence around it, and, and it's like clear how they stole the election and censored everything from COVID to they were pre banning stuff on twitter on social media like 22 million tweets on on twitter having to do with the election seven months before the election even started like they knew exactly what they're gonna do and how how do we know it's going to be any different they're going to try to do something the same i mean maybe not with twitter but everywhere else it's gonna be the same thing
6: this time around you can kind of see them ramping up into it again um it's feeling like the uh the language policing is constricting more. It seems like they tried to bring back the same cancel culture tone ever since the paragliding go-kart incident. Immediately people like Matt Walsh for instance, uh people of Matt Walsh's ilk decided that cancel culture on the right could be just as effective as cancel culture on the left. And hey, now it's morally justified because they did it to us. Yeah.
4: Here's a part about the Aspen Institute, which I also thought was interesting.
6: That was a great part. Yeah.
4: Yep. Let me play this.
3: They took that special set of skills home and now it's here perhaps potentially to stay. And this has fundamentally changed the, the nature of American governance because of the threat of you know one small voice becoming popular on social media
7: let me ask you a question so into that that group of institutions that you say now define democracy the ngos um foreign policy, et etc you you included the mainstream media now in 2021 the nsa broke into my private text apps and read them and then leaked them to the new york times against me that just happened again to me last week um, and I'm wondering how common that is for the intel agencies to work with so-called mainstream media like the New York Times to hurt their opponents.
3: Well, that is the function of these interstitial government funded non-governmental organizations and think tanks. Like, for example, we mentioned the Atlantic Council, which is you know, NATO's think tank, but other groups like the Aspen Institute, which draws the lion's share of its funding from the State Department and other government agencies, you know, the Aspen Institute was busted doing the same thing with the Hunter Biden laptop censorship. You, know, you had this strange situation where the FBI had advanced knowledge of the pending publication of the Hunter Biden laptop story, and then magically the Aspen Institute, which is run by essentially former CIA, former NSA, former FBI, and then a bunch of sort of civil society organizations, uh, all hold a mass, Uh, stakeholder simulation, censorship simulation, a three-day conference. You know, this came out and Joel Roth was there. This is a big part of the Twitter file leaks, and it's been mentioned in multiple congressional investigations. But somehow the Aspen Institute, uh, which is basically an addendum of the national security state, uh, got the exact same information that the national security state spied on journalists and political figures to obtain and not only leaked it but then basically did a joint coordinated censorship simulator in, S- in september two months before the election in order just like with the censorship of mail-in ballots to be in ready position to pre-censor anyone online amplifying wait, wait a, a news story that had not even broken yet
7: the aspen institute so i mean which is by the way i've yes. spent my life in washington it's kind of a I mean, Walter Isaacson, formerly of Time Magazine, ran it, from, former president of CNN. Um, I had no idea it was part of the national security state. I had no idea its funding came from the U.S. government. You're, this is the first time I've ever heard that. But given, assuming what you're saying is true, it's a little weird that Walter Isaacson left Aspen's to to write a biography of Elon Musk. Strange or no? Yeah,
3: I'm, um, you, you know, I don't know. I, I've, I haven't read that book. I... I...
4: We can stop it there. But if you remember, Blinken was part of the Aspen Institute back in the day. I did a whole article on this, uh, part twenty-four yeah. about the, the hack and leak and the hack and dump, whenever the exercise. Um, very interesting that they went down that path. But yeah, man, this interview is so good. I you almost have to watch it like two, three times.
5: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and by the way, everybody in the chat saying that he's all smeared with angel paste. Uh, no, you don't get that shiny with angel paste. I don't know what he's smeared with but it's not angel paste just saying
6: what in is that this you sent? in that well that's from the uh that's the aspen security forum and you can yeah. see some of the speakers down there who's that one on the uh the top there second from the left oh well, yeah Pedro Pedosta. <laughs> so that's the aspen security forum for you um you know going back to that first clip that we played uh I understand what he's talking about because it was exactly what I dealt with. Um, you can w- one of the one of the strategies there that he mentions is that they would have heat maps. and so they could understand who a single user is able to reach and the sort of um, influential sway one person would have on that group right? So they could, they could target one person with a thousand followers and another person with a thousand followers. And one of those people could have, um, legitimate influence over those thousand followers. Whereas the other one may get some engagement, but no one would ever change their mind based on that person. So they calculate and, and take into account, um, the actual, Uh, leverage a person has to influence belief in a given community. And so when they're doing campaigns, they will target uh, community leaders. They will target church pastors, uh, council members, someone who owns the local watering hole, these types of things. They want to get people who have um, localized influence, who may not be able to go on like a celebrity and influence 50,000 people to do something at the same time but they might make 10 similarly influential people all realize something at once and and uh it can go out that way and so there are a lot of people similarly you know by the same token there's going to be a lot of people who are very influential and are saying the wrong things and then get specifically targeted in ways that other people don't so no. It's just, you know, go ahead. Sorry.
4: Well, I'm just going to say the other side of this narrative mapping, which is fascinating, is not only can they do that, but they also can control the bots. And he didn't didn't really get into how they can push narratives. I mean, Uh think of how effective you can be. If you can see where people are talking about certain things, and then you can send your bots to disrupt all that activity or push your own narrative. I mean, it's, I, I would love to get his take on, on how they push their own narratives and map out where to put it as well. Because that's that's the part of this that we're going through right now and people are kind of waking up to and getting away from is all the bullshit psyops. But how have they been, been perpetrating that stuff? It's not just figuring out where people are talking and censoring it, but it's also pushing their own bullshit too.
6: Yeah. You know, one of the reasons why I try so hard all the time to get censored is because I want to know where all of those um, those real I don't know what you could call them, pain points for them if they're ever, you know, it's like that that center of the Death Star. It's like that one little spot that you have to hit that's going to blow up everything else. It's going to be the most heavily protected stuff. And so if you're able to figure out what sort of language and what sort of ideas really trigger um, bot attacks and trigger censorship, then you can really know where their weak spots are because that's where their defenses are. And so it's worth you know trying to probe all those things and that was a strategy i pursued
5: all the time for example right now the thing the the back you know 2021 if you talked about election fraud on youtube you got kicked off now they've made it official you could talk about election fraud again and now that they got their new stuff that gets you kicked off so figuring out what it is today That gets you kicked off is huge intelligence in the info war yes massive uh and i don't even know what it is on twitter i mean it just changes i mean i'm so stupid and abusive that i just get suspended for calling people you know faggot and stuff but like the actual topics on twitter have you kind of narrowed that down at all
4: on on youtube you cannot live stream a tucker carlson interview or you will get a copyright ban Cause that's what we are currently just, suffering through.
5: I, I wow. think that's just what gets you. I mean, that's, but that's a copyright ban. Yep, That's like YouTube is really draconian about that stuff. And that could literally just be Tucker being like, <clears throat> look, don't broadcast my stuff unless you want to pay me.
4: Yeah. I wasn't thinking. So this, you just sent this over Chris.
6: Oh yeah. So Mike Benz, you know, again, one of the reasons I find this. So that's me. With what? Siaka Massaquah. this what? is from this is from uh, 2020, and that's the actress Samita Armstrong, whose Instagram post this is. So this is in a Judicial Watch um, FOIA release from April or May of uh, here. I'll I'll send you over the um, article as well. From uh, April, or, April or May of 2021, these are documents that he, that Judicial Watch received in a FOIA request from the California Secretary of State's office, and uh, they were working with I think it's called SDK Knickerbocker, which was a PR firm attached to um, Democratic campaigns, specifically the one for Joe, the fake president, right now, and uh, and all the social media companies. The National, Secretary, uh, National Association of Secretaries of State, which is one of those globalist, like centralizing organizations so that all the secretaries of state can implement all the same policies over the states and all act the same way in relation to elections. But so this post went up and this is a video where Siaka and I were talking about we were there doing a Gavin Newsom uh, recall event and I was discussing how the California Secretary of State's office changed my voter registration to permanent mail-in only without my permission. And so I said all that. Samita took this uh, video. She posted it. It started getting attention. You see 40,000 views. And they uh, they wrote and had this take, taken down through this portal. You know, I used to work at a social media management company. Those portals existed for us to help our celebrity clients. So there was never any doubt in my mind that like this was happening between the government and the tech organizations and uh, other associated like formal quasi-governmental and non-governmental organizations. This stuff has been proven in open source, verified public documents for three years. And people are just waking up to it, which again is a bit of a disaster. If you're the sort of person who's had your human rights violated for the last four years. That's wild, man. How did you find that you were in this lawsuit? I was just interested in the subject and saw the uh, the FOIA release on Gateway Pundit or something like that. And I looked through and I started winding through. Thank goodness I was on page 20 and not like page 500. But uh, I was just winding it's through. And page, I was
3: like, whoa, what the hell? That's
6: me. It's a lot of shit man yeah so those are all the full emails so up top is the pictures i think of the stuff that's censored and everything else was the emails wow yeah that is unreal
5: and, and also an amazing coincidence that you ran into that photo
6: yeah exactly i just got lucky that day hmm. well um i do want to
4: talk a little bit about the Sissa stuff before we get into the russia stuff but we should probably get to our next two sponsors, Patrick, if you don't mind.
5: Absolutely. No problem.
4: No Bugs Beef next.
5: Badlanders have set No Bugs Beef on fire. Have you ordered yet? Let's face facts. America's supply chain is going to be increasingly disrupted in the coming months, which means it's not if we'll have a food shortage, it's when. Having enough protein to feed your family for several months is essential for your survival. That's why we've partnered with Badlandsmedia.tv slash NoBugs. They provide sous vide, freeze-dried, all-American beef from ranches in Texas that have never, ever given their cows an mRNA jab. The beef, stored in mylar bags with oxygen absorbers for maximum shelf life, will stay shelf-stable for more than 10 years without refrigeration and with maximum nutrition and flavor. All you need to do is soak it in water for 15 minutes and it's ready to eat. These are not typical survival meats. They're premium cuts of ribeye, New York strip, tenderloin, sirloin, and chuck. Get your family ready for the chaos at badlandsmedia.tv nobugs and use the promo code BADLANDS for an additional 10% off your order. That's badlandsmedia.tv nobugs. Promo code BADLANDS.
4: And a little Angel Paste.
5: Gotta get your Angel Paste, guys. It is the best lotion the world has ever known. Made only of food-grade plant oils. The testimonials are incredible. We're hearing that age spots are fading. Eczema and psoriasis are being made better. Sunburns prevented and so much more. This is because Angel Paste contains everything that your skin wants. And none of the corporate poison you find in almost everything else. Now, the Valentine's Day gift boxes may be sold out, but don't worry. You can buy the Angel Paste Rose-Infused Miracle Cream individually just by using the link badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste. Make sure you use promo code BADLANDS to pry a dollar from my grasping hands. Rose is projected to sell out faster than vanilla, so get your Rose Angel Paste now at badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste. And use promo code BADLANDS. If you get three or more bottles, you get free shipping. Angel paste. Your skin will drink it up. That's badlandsmedia.tv/slash angel paste promo code badlands. And by the way, you put it on your skin and it's maybe shiny for like 30 seconds while it absorbs, and then you're fine. You don't go around being shiny like Mike Benz was during that interview. There you
4: go. We get a free demo. What, what flavor is next, Patrick?
5: Can't tell you. <laughs> That's like, freaking classified, bro. Also, we haven't decided yet.
4: I'm not going to go make <laughs> it briefly, myself.
5: <laughs> we briefly thought that we had the answer, but then we kind of kind of backed off a little bit. So we haven't fully settled on what the next scent is going to be. But it's going to be awesome. I can assure you of that. Well,
4: it depends on the scent, bro.
5: I know, right? Yeah. It, it won't be patchouli. I can assure you of that. Patchouli. Patchouli.
4: Hold on, I'm trying to see. Ghost sent a rumble rant through.
5: By the way, I have all the rants on my end this time. So, hey, boom diggity. G-
4: Ghost says, uh, "Never mind the content of this X post. Check out the responses. There are dozens of the same one." Bots question mark? And then John, check Telegram. Where am I supposed to check Telegram?
5: Um, your private messages.
4: I did. Okay, he just sent one through. But here, um, is what he's the link he posted. I want to read this, Patrick. Oh, yes, he said never mind that. Let's read.
5: Here we go. I can't read that. Oh, globalist establishment media. So, oh, gosh, FOGO.
4: Oh, he just sent a bunch of uh, people who posted the same pictures.
5: What the hell is going on? I love it, man. I told you,
6: AI is (laughs) retarded. Holy shit. Man, okay. I dealt with so many AIs on Twitter, Patrick. I was telling you yesterday, I messed with the uh, Gab AI and argued with their communist character about communism. That was too easy. AI is retarded. I, it's just
5: it, not good enough. You this know, is insane. Let me, let me just tell you right now, Chris is not the only one who's noticed this. I argued with ChatGPT about, shall we say, hmm, the size of the the shape of the Earth. And chat GPT got its ass handed to it, was apologizing all over the place for all of its logical fallacies and then crashed.
4: Wow. I wonder if it was same pedophile or something. If like there's gotta be keywords that they use to like swarm the, the posts.
5: I don't
6: know, I don't know, but <laughs> I asked I asked the communist character uh, what it means to share in the wealth if uh they they plan to abolish private property it's
4: <laughs> a good they question didn't have an answer it's a great question okay i do want to talk about this uh CISA report here there's a guy who um foiled he's been foiling says like he releases a lot of foiled information and he got CISA to give him this and this just came out this week So it's the election infrastructure subsector cyber risk summary. It's dated March, 2021. We're gonna read a page or so of this, probably just the summary. So you guys get an idea, Patrick.
5: All right, this is produced from CISA.
4: And this was classified they did not put this out publicly, and we just got it.
5: Yeah, it was available March, 2020. I mean, it existed March, 2021, and it's been made available to us restroom bacteria just now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Executive summary: This report provides analysis, findings, and recommendations derived from non-attributable cybersecurity trends observed between November third, twenty nineteen, and November third, twenty twenty, election year twenty twenty, among election infrastructure (EI) subsector entities subscribed to services provided by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency (CISA) specifically cyber hygiene sci-hi vulnerability scanning and cybersecurity assessments services hold Cis- on keep
4: in mind there they, they did this study between november 3rd 2019 and november 3rd 2020 so they probably knew uh, what we're about to read like they could have talked about this stuff after the election being like hey guys yeah we, we probably had some issues but instead they came out and said the 2020 election was the most secure election in american history and that was repeated ad nauseum everywhere ever since.
5: Chris Krebs, what a guy.
4: That's not how I would describe him,
5: but yes. CISA's analysis guy. of the available data for assessed EI election infrastructure. Entities found 76% of EI entities for which SISA performed a risk and vulnerability assessment had spear phishing weaknesses, which provide an entry point for adversaries to launch attacks. 76%. <laughs>
4: 76%
5: <laughs> 48% of entities had a critical or high severity vulnerability on at least one internet accessible host providing potential attack vectors to adversaries 39% of entities ran at least one risky service on an internet accessible host
4: 39% on the internet
5: <laughs> And providing an opportunity for threat actors to attack otherwise legitimate services and 34% of entities ran unsupported operating systems on at least one internet accessible host which exposes entities to compromise
4: i mean that's nuts guys these numbers are insane insane and then like uh, clearly they people are getting fooled by the phishing stuff because it's the number one thing they say that they need to mitigate. Okay,
5: real quick. Just for those of you in the audience who don't know what phishing means P H I S H I N G. it means sending them an email that has a link in it that tricks you into giving up your credentials. That's and by credentials, we mean username and password. All right,
4: some of the stuff like I think it's so sophisticated, you just click on the link. And you don't have to like type anything. It just like Fs you, they get access to it, especially like in election stuff, they got to be that sophisticated. China can sit on our network for six months without anybody knowing. Can you imagine what they can you know, do if they get somebody to open an email?
5: Because phishing is definitely going to be the way to nail these people. We are talking about how do I put this delicately? We're talking just don't about say, don't say boomers. I, I was that's what I was trying to not say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's real easy. It's much easier to fish a person in the older generation. Now, I'm not talking about the people watching Badlands. You guys are a sophisticated bunch. I just mean, in general, if you got a bunch of boomers in the DNC, you're going to go after them with phishing attacks. That's just the way to go. If you
4: own a landline, you're probably going to open an email with a link in it and click on that link.
5: If you own a landline, then you are responsible for all poll interviewing in the United (laughs)
6: States.
4: (laughs) We're just kidding, guys. We're not trying to be mean.
5: Yeah. I actually thought
6: that that was gonna end up way worse. I I, I yep. thought you were gonna blame them for something far worse than poll results. So really we <laughs> should be
4: saying you're welcome.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're welcome guys. CISA recommends the following mitigations to reduce EI entity risk. Improve phishing defenses by regularly training users, implementing email filters, deploying post-delivery protection, and conducting regular phishing assessments. Patch vulnerabilities on internet-accessible systems and devices on a regular schedule. Securely configure internet-accessible ports and services on systems and devices by implementing strong identity and access management controls, including strong passwords, multi-factor authentication, and the principle of least privilege, and update software and OSs to supported versions. CISA encourages EI entities to use the findings and recommended mitigations in this report to, scroll down, To review their cybersecurity posture and capabilities, conduct further investigations and prioritize actions to mitigate vulnerabilities and guard against threats. Threat actors are motivated to leverage the weaknesses identified in this report to disrupt national critical functions and target EI entities that provide critical IT infrastructure to support the U.S. elections process. CISA also encourages EI entities to email vulnerability underscore info at cisa.dhs.gov for additional advice and assistance.
4: I mean, that's probably all we really need to read through. You know
3: what, Toby? When the son of the deposed king of Nigeria emails you directly asking for help, you help. His father ran the freaking country, okay?
4: That's fishing, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, so sister pretty much comes out and admits in this uh, report they were trying to hide that, yeah, the 2020 election was not the most secure in American history. And then you couple this with, a couple of weeks ago they had a a new study out where I think it it came on the heels of 20 some percent or even more admitting that, yeah, we probably did something illegal in the 2020 election through the mail-in ballot stuff. Like just based on the math alone, even on the conservative side of the math, Trump definitely won the election. I mean, there's so many ways you can look at this. You couple it all together, the censorship, the vulnerabilities in the machines, it's just so obvious. And the thing is, is Trump knew all this. Trump knew. He knew long before that they were going to steal the election. And thats it's just so impossible for me to grasp any other concept than if he knew it was going to happen and he basically allowed it to happen, then he definitely did not just walk away. he He's unelectable again, if that is the case. So stupid.
6: We yeah. are in the weirdest
5: time I could ever imagine. Yeah. We, we have the government... We have CISA putting out a report that says, and I'm just going to summarize here. It says, look, our elections are so pathetically open to utter, complete fraud that there's not a single thing going on election-wise that anybody can count on. It's all fake and gay. Here's your report.
4: Yeah, we also got to read this this article too. And Ash in the chat says that everyone in the subsector coordinating council also got this report. They all lied, not just Sissa. I've talked extensively in my series about the subsector coordinating council. But we got to read this article too.
5: Yep. It was in like an early issue of the Devolution series. Part five, yep. Okay.
4: And they came back up again in 11. And I mean, we've we've talked about it a lot on the show. I think they came up in that. Article I just put out to um, the illusion of democracy, but yep, I, guess I shouldn't say just put out. That was a while ago. But let's let's read through this as well,
5: Patrick. From the Gateway Pundit exclusive: FOIA documents reveal secret 2020 election day meeting with CISA, Dominion, ES&S, Eric, FBI, leftist organizations, state officials, and others. Only recently discovered. So there's that. Recently, investigative journalist Yehuda Miller received several FOIA documents that completely reshape what we were told to believe about the 2020 U.S. presidential election. We will be publishing several of these explosive documents in the coming days. The election was billed by the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, the mainstream media, and former CISA chief Chris Krebs as the most secure election in U.S. history. But was the 2020 election, really the most secure election in U.S. history. In the coming days, Yehuda Miller and the Gateway Pundit will release a series of FOIA documents that prove that the statements by Chris Krebs under oath were most certainly false and that he clearly knew these statements were not accurate. Today, we are releasing information on a secret 2020 Election Day phone call organized by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. CISA describes itself as the operational lead for federal cybersecurity and the National Coordinator for Critical Infrastructure Security and Resilience. However, since its founding, CISA has morphed into a much more sinister and politicized organization. Founded in 2018, CISA was originally intended to be an ancillary agency designed to protect critical infrastructure and guard against cybersecurity threats. In the years since its creation, however, CISA metastasized into the nerve center of the federal government's domestic surveillance and censorship operations on social media. All right, so it's founded in 2018. Yep. This, is, this is under Donald Trump, it was founded. So that, that's definitely something to, to keep on the radar. He, he almost allowed it to happen,
4: by the way. But but yeah. again, the, the, these guys, not only did they, uh, and this is what's so fascinating, the, my article, Illusion of Democracy and, and everything, and I'm not the only one talking about this stuff. These people are not only responsible for running our elections, running the security on our elections they're also in charge of the censorship about the discussion surrounding the elections so they secure it they don't <laughs> let anybody question it it's absolutely retarded
5: yeah it's infuriating on a on a very visceral level by 2020 cisa routinely reported social media posts that allegedly spread Disinformation to social media platforms. By 2021, CISA had a formal mis, dis, and mal information team, MDM. In 2022 and 2023, in response to growing public and private criticism of CISA's unconstitutional behavior, CISA attempted to camouflage its activities, duplicitously claiming it serves a purely informational role. The Gateway Pundit's Jim Hoft is currently the lead plaintiff in the Missouri, Louisiana versus Joe Biden lawsuit that is heading to the Supreme Court in March.
4: I forgot that was in March. That's huge.
5: The plaintiffs are challenging the, challenging the Biden regime's censorship apparatus, arguing that the federal government cannot infringe on the free speech of Americans. CISA today is central to the government's censorship system. Today, we have evidence that a private meeting was or, okay. So we are, okay. Was a private meeting was organized by CISA officials on November third, twenty twenty, at three thirty p.m. Eastern time, with select members of a secret election security initiative. This was an exclusive meeting of CISA officials and their exclusive election partners. This was held late in the afternoon on Election Day. It reportedly lasted for half an hour. The list includes over 200 names of individuals, government entities, private businesses, media outlets, and at least one tech giant. The list includes a curious mix of members from Dominion, ESNS, Eric Systems, Amazon, Runbeck, Microsoft, Seidel, several Secretary of State offices, the Associated Press, Amazon, and leftist groups. 43 groups make up the CISA EISCC, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. No conservative groups are represented. Several members are leftist organizations.
4: Remember, this group, it's the same companies running the election. Our government signs a waiver knowing they have a financial conflict of interest and allows them to run the election and decide what security is needed it, it's such a convoluted it's just stupid it's the whole thing is stupid and corrupt and they know it and they do it anyway but let's continue we're almost there are you Several gonna be able to see profile. yeah every one of these emails to read each one
5: Several high-profile individuals were invited to the call, including Jennifer Morrell with the Elections Group, Ryan Macias. Remember that 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 actually mentally retarded guy who oh, was yeah. clearly reading from a script when he was testifying in that Peter Thompson friggin' kangaroo court?
6: That yeah. guy looks like he's uh, disguised as a villain. Like, he looks like a villain, but it also looks like he's wearing a disguise. It he's doesn't disguised. look like he's the...
5: Yeah. Yeah. Disguised as a villain, but in reality, just also a villain guy.
6: Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so he looks a little less villainy there than he did when he was invading the Maricopa
5: County audit. Yep. Eric Coomer with Dominion and Jocelyn Benson, the controversial Michigan Secretary of State. I'm glad they're calling that bitch the controversial Michigan Secretary of State. Uh <laughs> Which which was the who was the one who resigned unexpectedly? That was the secretary that of Pennsylvania,
6: Kathy Bookvar. Bookvar. Yeah, good time. Okay. This
4: is the email of the meeting. I, I do you do want me to read this email. Yeah, just just okay. this, and then we'll be done. You don't read like all the stuff at the bottom.
5: Just the okay. election partners. We are inviting you to participate in a check-in call with CISA election security initiative team and partners today, November third at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The purpose of the call is to provide an update on any key events of the day and to take questions or inputs from partners. This call is voluntary. As we know, partners are very busy today. Dial-in information is below. Subject. Okay. Hold on. I think this is... Yeah. You're going to get me Ryan Macyus, the retard?
8: have been on the payroll of or mm-hmm. paid...
1: It's clear he's reading something, Your Honor. When he's asked a question, he's looking directly into the camera. When he is answering that question, he will look down and he will look to the right. All we gotta do is watch his eyes, Your Honor, it's clear it's there. And and so again, if Mr. Messias is reading from materials, Your Honor, that we don't have, we're not privy to, we would like to know about it. <coughs>
4: I want to rewind a little bit.
1: Not reading material. I have uh, the teams up on full screen in front of me.
0: Okay, that's a minute and a half you've used for the two questions. So, thank you. You can continue.
8: Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, Mr. Messias, I was asking, um, have you ever been on the payroll of or paid by an election technology provider? No. Have you been engaged as an expert election technology and security consultant by state and local officials of different political parties?
1: Yes, I have. Um, As a matter of fact, I am currently under contract for both uh, state and local governments. uh, uh, My balls are
5: going backwards and back and forth. So Uh funny. We won't watch anymore, but yeah. I mean, this guy is an election integrity expert because he can bang his cloven hoof on a keyboard
4: (laughs) yeah that was the that was all in the application i'm sure (laughs) insane okay
6: well that would have qualified him to do signature checking in arizona
4: (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's very true that's what's just so, so crazy about this whole thing like how many of these people are almost literally retarded that pulled this off like so
6: many of them
5: (laughs) they're not sending their best
6: (laughs) man john have you done uh have you gone deep on the patriot act yet because at some point you got to start wondering if uh just saying
0: proverbially
6: (laughs) they were they were uh basically just uh planting explosives throughout the abstract structure of DHS. And this was all just how DHS crashes and burns and the Patriot Act goes away. And we are finally able to unwind ourselves fully out of George W. Bush.
4: The the furthest I've gone down the Patriot Act was when everybody was going after Mike Pence, like, oh, Mike Pence is a traitor because he wrote the Patriot Act. And then if you know that he wrote the Patriot Act, he hired everybody that, you know, was part of the agencies that came out of it, the DHS. And he did not write the Patriot Act. It was um, Representative S- Sensen- Sessenberger or whatever. Sensenbrenner. Sensenbrenner, yeah. Wisconsin, it was that guy. Yeah. And it was not Mike Pence. So that, once I saw that, I was like, "That's I didn't really care. Ah, that. It was just yeah, yeah.
6: Well, hey, no. just maybe one day it might be relevant. Just saying.
4: So your, your theory is... The patriot my theory act allowed my theory to. is
6: that oh, well yeah my theory is that they used 911 to accomplish a lot of things For one sure. of them was obviously the patriot act they created <clears throat> dhs as a result of all of that and i would when when you see something like dhs and you see the security state the surveillance state and other things the censorship now um, increase, and they are all coming out of that organization, I have to at least give some credence to the possibility that this, you know, overarching structure that plans things 100 years in advance may have thought about implementing these things as a result of DHS when they actually set up DHS in the wake of 9-11 that they did not set up.
8: Oh,
4: for sure. I think you're spot on with that.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Like so, they
4: needed to create ways to subvert the Constitution and infiltrate yes. our government and implement their controls, mm-hmm. and they used nine eleven with the Patriot Act, and it's just snowballs and sun.
6: Yep, and you know, I've I've mentioned I think a few times on here. Um, there's that that quote that kind of just always comes to mind. I believe it's from Marbury versus Madison, but it says that any uh, law passed by the Congress that's repugnant to the constitution is void. And gosh, man, just, you know, still going through that stuff about um, the civil war and reconstruction amendments and what they did coming out of that. I look at a lot of this stuff and I, I see none of this stuff could have ever possibly been intended or would have never been acceptable to the founders who wrote the constitution. They did as thorough a job as they could to make sure that that document would hold. And then it has been systematically trampled upon it multiple times in our history. And then you see us now to the point where our government is arguing to us that we are not allowed to give our input about a blatant violation of the first amendment. This is what, we were the Constitution was set up to prevent, and we are told all of it is constitutional. Well, on what basis? And the only basis is they subverted the Constitution and put another one in place following the Civil War, changed the um, the the standards by which the court and every other structure of our government would be operating from there, like henceforth. And then we've just seen shit like this every. 20 or 30 years, they have a massive uh, spectacle or a war or a depression or a tragedy, and they just shovel us a whole bunch more new shit. And it, it seems like they, I mean, the DHS has taken away our ability to run elections on any normal basis. They're a centralizing force for these state governments. It's madness.
4: Yeah, there's a really good clip um, in in the interview benson tucker where he talks about you know it used to be defending our uh, how did how did he phrase it it was it was along the lines of our government used to like want to defend democracy but then it changed to like it def, def- essentially defending their democracy you know like yeah. a- and and the whole thing was yeah I- i'm paraphrasing that terribly. and
5: i think th- i think what has changed is that while our cia went around just freeing the shit out of people they they cut us in on the action i think they have they they allowed our standard of living to go to be artificially padded by using the united states dollar as a reserve currency the world over and that we their peasants were cut in on it we were were the richest peasants in the world because of this wonderful reigning democracy down on people's heads that we do. Uh, and what has changed and why we've noticed, one of the biggest reasons why we have noticed is because they don't need us anymore. They're, they're mm-hmm. not gonna cut us in on the action. We're just another bunch of peasants
3: to have color revolutions done to us. Yeah, because th- this is the part
4: out. I'm talking about, I think.
3: It's impossible. What I'm essentially describing is military rule. I mean, this is—I mean, what, what's happened with the rise of the censorship industry is a total inversion of the idea of democracy itself. You know, d- democracy sort of draws its legitimacy from the idea that it is uh, ruled by consent of the people of the people being ruled. That is, it's not really being ruled by an overlord because the government is actually just our will expressed by our consent with who we vote for. Um, the whole push after the twenty sixteen election and after Brexit and after a couple of other social media run elections that went the wrong way from what the State Department wanted, like the 2016 Philippines election, uh, was to completely invert everything that we described as being the underpinnings of a democratic society in order to deal with the threat of free speech on the internet. And what they essentially said is, we need to redefine democracy from being about the will of the voters to being about the sanctity of democratic institutions. And who are the, the democratic institutions? Oh, it, it's us. You know, it's the military, it's NATO, it's the IMF and the World Bank, it's 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 uh it's the mainstream media. Uh, who uh, it is? The NGOs and oh, the, of course, these NGOs are largely State Department funded or IC funded. It's essentially all of the elite establishments uh, that were under threat from domestic the rise of domestic populism that declared their own consensus to be the new definition of democracy. Because if you define democracy as being the strength of democratic institutions, rather than a focus on the will of the voters, then what you're left with is essentially, democracy is just the consensus building architecture within the, within the democratic institutions themselves. And from their perspective, that takes a lot of work. I mean, I mean, the amount of work these people do, I mean, for example, we mentioned the Atlantic Council, which is one of these big coordinating mechanisms for the oil and gas industry in a region, for the for the finance and the J.P. Morgans and, and the Black Rocks in a region, for the NGOs in the region, for the media in the region, all of these need to reach a consensus, and that process takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of work, and a lot of negotiation. From their perspective, that's democracy. Democracy is getting the NGOs to agree with Black Rock, to agree, to agree with the with the Wall Street Journal, you know, to to you know, agree with uh, you know the the community and activist groups who are onboarded with respect to a particular initiative. That is the difficult vote-building process from their perspective. At, at the end of the day, a bunch of you know, populist groups decide that they like a, a truck driver who's popular on TikTok more than the you know, carefully constructed consensus of the NATO military brass. Well then, th- from their perspective, you know, that is now an attack on democracy. And this is what this whole branding effort was. And of course, democracy, again, has that magic regime change predicate where democracy is, is our magic watchword to be able to overthrow governments from the ground up in a sort of color revolution style whole of society effort to topple a a, gov- a democratically elected government from the inside. For example, as we did in Ukraine, Viktor Yanukovych was democratically elected. Uh, this is brilliant. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I, and I, I, listen, I don't mean to sound... Like a braggart here. But can we all agree that the stuff that's covered in this is stuff that this community knows backwards and forwards already? Yeah. And it was just kind kind of gratifying seeing Scott Adams tweet that seeing this interview felt like he'd taken mushrooms and had like gone into a different universe, et cetera, et cetera. And I think probably a whole bunch of people feel that way. Hearing this information. Maybe not for the first time, but hearing all of it consolidated into a one-stop shop for understanding how all of this works. And and for that, I think we kind of have to thank Mike Benz because he really got it out there.
4: Yeah. Here's that tweet if you want to read it.
5: <laughs> From Scott Adams on Twitter. This is the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen. I'm not exaggerating. This is like a mushroom trip without the mushrooms. Clear your schedule tonight. Listen together. In a week, everyone who has not listened to this will look like an idiot to everyone who has. 2024 (laughs) is wild.
4: Yeah, it's wild because this is just like, you know, new groundbreaking information.
6: I cannot stand Scott Adams. Um,
4: (laughs) This is good. I was going to say you're right, Patrick. Like this is information we've been familiar with, but I've never seen it laid out so clearly. And Mm -hmm. so like uh, just logically. It was was fantastic.
6: Yeah, it was really good. Thinking about the heat mapping and the point I was making earlier, uh, you know, if you take that from another perspective, there is a point at which uh, someone is almost too big to censor overtly. If they took Tucker Carlson off of Twitter, for instance, that would have caused bigger problems. People would have really started realizing it. The people who were bigger, who got taken off, you got Alex Jones and Milo initially, right? I think that was like one and two back in, I don't know what it was in 2016,
5: 2017.
4: I would argue Alex like Jones is part of their network.
5: May oh, well be true. Great. That's fine. You know, Milo, Milo. Could, For all we know, Milo could be too. Uh, but Milo, they knocked his ass off of Twitter for going after Leslie Jones uh-huh. in that in that Ghostbusters remake,
6: which was. Yeah. At some point after COVID or maybe during Marjorie Taylor green, I think got kicked off Twitter eventually like RFK, Naomi Wolf, some more, some people who were telling the truth and stuff, but there's a lot of people who didn't get kicked off and didn't get censored because there would be a trade-off they would behave themselves and not say any of the no-no words, and then the platforms would otherwise leave them alone. Even though they're saying things that might cause people to create some doubts, they're still doing it in a safe enough way, right? So they end up providing the uh, the outer edge of that central narrative bubble. They are, you know, we could talk about it as the Overton window, but they're not even going back They're not even going that far. They're not testing the boundaries of acceptable public conversation. They're testing a much reduced boundary. We're not even really testing it of this censorship thing. But people like Scott Adams have been behind the entire time. And I talk about the intellectual kids table on Twitter. You know, the censorship stops people from sharing the the things that they want to say. Like, I got silenced. Therefore, I can't voice what I was going to say on Twitter, that also means that no one can hear what I'm going to say on Twitter. And now it's not, let's not make it about me, about anybody who is censored. Once no one can hear that message from any of the people who might be saying it, you have now effectively censored the message, which means it's not available for any of those people to learn. So none of these people actually cared about censorship when it became an issue. They kept saying, well, it's not me that it's affecting, so it can't be that bad. These people who were saying those things knew that they shouldn't be saying those things and were actually testing the limits by doing it. And cool that they were, but now they've gotten screwed. So nobody ever stood up to it. And then what you have three years later is a a platform where people haven't had free speech to learn from. It's not even about the things that they might be saying themselves. They haven't been able to learn because those ideas have just been eliminated and so now all of them are legitimately retarded by around three years.
4: Yeah, it's it's that um, the party yeah. of false decorum you talk about, there there was an incentive structure in place mm-hmm. for those to not want to learn or say the right, right. thing. Tim Pool, I, I responded to Tim Pool yesterday, uh, oh. something
5: he posted. Mm-hmm. So he posted this. All right, here we go. I can't believe the regime was willing to do the opposition part. What the regime regime was willing to do to the opposition party leader? Trumped up charges, false allegations, and now this? Question mark? Question mark? What will the world think that (laughs) we stood by and did nothing as they destroyed this man?
4: This is my response, and I'll show you these two tweets after you read this.
5: Patel Patriot on Twitter. Probably the same thing the world will think of people with large platforms who ignore discussing election fraud in order to keep said large platform. Please click on those things. Tim Pool. December 9th, 2021. The election was not stolen. Trump lost because more people voted for Biden. You friggin' filth monger. Tim Pool. August 12th, 2021. I said on November 7th to Trump supporters, get over it. I told Bannon to his face he was wrong about election fraud. Tim, you shouldn't be allowed to walk the streets after having said that.
4: But he gets his little YouTube audience and,
5: yeah. and guy, money from that. he to a deal with the freaking powers that should not be.
4: But this is who you're talking about, Chris.
5: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a perfect yeah. example of just, just absolute malicious... This is a malicious enemy of our movement.
4: And this is what, I, I don't know how, like what I think about this stuff, because these are the people that, the, they don't deserve to be standing here at the end when Trump comes back and things that finally get, like the ship gets gets righted and, and free speech is m- maybe actually exists. The, these people should not be allowed to be celebrated because of the bullshit they've put us through. Like they will these, be. these people are partially responsible for us being in this situation we're in.
5: The way I think of this is I don't see the enemy being completely eradicated at the end of this. I think the end of this war is some grudging new armistice against these people. They're going to have some say in the world that exists after this war, which means that friggin... Only if we let them. Yeah.
3: um,
6: Yeah, I mean... There's a, I, I take the only if we let them stance. I, I definitely see what you're saying, Patrick. And it is my new um, kind of focus to make sure that that sort of thing doesn't happen. And I think that that requires people on our side who actually are, you know, focused on truth remain focused on the truth and not get sidetracked into um, kind of fleeting and and short-term political wins. You know, there's a bigger problem here, especially if there are a lot of people in positions of relative power within kind of this America for, you know, the America First movement. If there are still a lot of those people, and then there are new ones flooding in of the Tim Pool variety who still are not awake and still like think in this like old world mindset, we're going to have a real hard time, not just simply switching from their liars to our liars and their corrupt people to our corrupt people, because all of these people at the intellectual kids table, all of these people influencing the conversation on Twitter, those are the people who are going to be like, okay, well, our side won. now we get power. This is what the Ron Mm -hmm. DeSantis supporters were doing. And that's why we should take this stuff, Seriously, even if you want to say like this or that is a psyop or kayfabe or whatever, there are real people having real reactions and changing power dynamics in a real part of society. That if you encourage them because they seem like they're our allies, you're going to end up with them as your allies. Just a psychop. Exactly.
4: Yeah, and and this is like why I, I went on a little rant. I got so heated over the Schellenberger thing because everybody was like celebrating his reporting the other day and it was six years old and he's blocking he's blocking people now who who originally broke the stories he's blocking them on Twitter it's the most insane thing I've ever
6: seen the problem with the Schellenberger thing is that if these guys are part of a legitimate limited hangout op and this isn't A, slow disclosure, this is just a limited hangout. Um, That's going to implicate a whole lot more people. And, you know, is it in coordination with Elon? I mean, it seems to me like these guys are essentially um, packaging. They are repackaging and putting some flowery language to prepackaged intelligence products that they are getting. They're not get like the idea that they went in to the Twitter office and scanned through all of the information that Twitter had and then found stories to report on for the Twitter files. And they just happened to be stories featuring characters that were on Tucker Carlson every other week for the last two years on Fox News. That didn't happen naturally. And once you know it didn't happen naturally, you have to at least suspect, hey, maybe this isn't the good guys doing this obviously uh, dishonest info op maybe it is right but if it's the good guys doing a dishonest info op that gatekeeps information at a certain level 3 years after the fact you got to wonder what how good the good the good side is and I,
4: I you know people always say like it's it's not for us we're not the intended audience it's for the normies it's for the whatever the democrats the left whoever that's, that's not good enough. Like they are still gatekeeping this stuff from them by trying to pass this off as if it was their own thing. And, you know, maybe this is part of the feedback loop. Like I talk about Trump, how he, he does feedback loops. i I, I using the, the example of the Bud Light thing. Okay, like, hey, let's all go back to Bud Light. No, still super gay. Maybe this, this stuff is like, they're trying to feedback loop, loop these narratives again to see how the public reacts i think the only appropriate response to these people is to call them out on their bullshit for trying to do the this, this stuff like this is so stupid i don't pretty, know i don't know pretty stoked I, about I jeff
5: carlson going after this little bastard yeah, a lot too. of people
4: were they were not happy with this one
5: yeah but
4: but they didn't say shit when it happened with the j6 the COVID. like this is like the fourth major narrative story that has been broken already that they've done this for and nobody cared until it was the some the thing they covered
6: it could be that people are just catching on to the fact that maybe the uh the very serious intellectuals on Twitter aren't all that bright. That could be it could be these people aren't smart. I mean they're they all just want to influence off each other and be in the cool kids club on Twitter. I mean <laughs> this is no different watch Twitter politics or I should say Political Twitter, watching that is no different to me than watching Hollywood Instagram in 2018 was.
4: Well, you know what they call that when a group of people tries to influence off each other, right? That is like by definition a circle jerk, I'm pretty sure.
5: Just about to say. And that, hey, and mind my own, thank you very much for reminding us about Matt Taibbi referring to it as the noons memo. Yep. He literally couldn't familiarize himself with the source material enough to learn how to say their friggin' names. He
6: uh has considered himself a Russia gate skeptic for the entire time. He is quite proud of himself for being a Russia-Gate skeptic the whole time. So I, of course, went back to read some of his Russia-Gate skepticism. And it was not all that skeptical. He was basically of the understanding that certain parts of the main story just didn't hold up, but he didn't actually get to the point where you realize, hey, guys, if they're trying to bring down the duly elected president with a fake story, it's a lot worse than bad journalism. Thank you.
4: Let's see if I can find old stories of his, but- we, yeah. um, th- there's much more I was going to want to get into tonight. I think we're, we're probably good.
5: What, well, what about Navalny and yeah, Navalny, Eddie died.
4: Navalny allegedly died? People are saying that Putin poisoned them, which there's no evidence of that guys. There's
5: not
6: any evidence of it the first time. Can I just say one more thing about the disinformation thing? Because we're going to start hearing about disinformation. Um, I think again, quite a lot. And, uh, We fall into the enemy's trap when we uh, go along with the idea that disinformation is bad and can be stopped and should be stopped. All of those things are wrong. It is just a disinformation is a fact of life. We have no authoritative sources. We do not want to uh, promote the idea that there are authoritative sources, because as we've seen the authoritative sources are not only um, prone to failure, in many cases, they are designed to fail. They are the ones misleading us. And uh, if we have to live in a post-truth environment, we should first realize that we have always been in a post-truth environment and then accept that and then be like, okay, well, there are actually strategies to try to understand our world, even in an environment without authoritative sources telling us what is right and what is wrong.
4: Brilliant. No argument here. Um, yeah. What do you guys want to cover on the Navalny stuff?
5: Just I don't have, have much to say up. except for the fact that all the worst people in the world are telling me I ought to mourn him, which makes me think the bastard probably needed killing.
6: I was particularly shocked yesterday when CNN had, uh, they were doing live updates, by the way, CNN is responsible for making the Oscar award winning documentary called Navalny, where they try to inflate his importance up to the level where he is actually a serious competitor for Putin. There is no point at which he has ever been a serious competitor for Putin, but they were doing live updates yesterday on the death. They had already announced that Joe Biden would be giving uh, comments on Navalny's death from the Oval Office. And then 20 minutes later, they were still uh, clear that the death was
5: unconfirmed. Well, do you think maybe this guy is Vladimir Putin's Michael Avenatti? You know how that guy kind of touted himself as being the anti-Trump and went on all the the gay little shows, and you know went on that tour of them saying, "Oh, he's going to run for president. He's so great." And then they kind of just discovered he's just like kind of a random goomba retard from new york
4: i'm pretty sure they were taught like he was caught on film and i don't know if it's a genuine like it could be ai generated as well but he's like talking about overthrowing the government there i think this is it here but yeah i saw this shared around a lot today Mm -hmm. okay well here it says the man in the video is not navalny
5: so there's that So there
4: we go it's an associate of navalny okay so never mind i won't even show that it's not
5: if, if, but if I do it, want to show. We would expand our opportunities, of course. I mean, it looks like a script written already, just from that subtitle.
4: This is what CNN posted, though, and it's the clip of what he wanted to tell people if he ever died.
9: My message for the uh, situation when I am killed is very simple: not give up. Don't give do up. Do me a favor. Answer this one in Russia. И здесь у меня просто очевидная вещь, Но ну, не сдавайтесь. Не надо, нельзя сдаваться. Если это произошло, это означает, что мы необыкновенно сильны в этот момент, раз они решили меня убить. и нужно использовать эту силу. Не сдаваться. Помните о том, что мы огромная сила, которая... Находится под гнетом вот этих вот чуваков плохих, лишь потому, что ну, мы не можем осознать, насколько действительно мы сильны. Все, что нужно для торжества зла, это бездействие добрых людей. Поэтому бездействовать не
4: надо. He's a
5: revolutionary okay that, that revolutionary spirit is the spirit that the Victoria Nuland, Robert Kagan scumbag crowd keeps projecting worldwide. This guy sounds just like those scumbags.
4: Oh yeah. If they could have pulled a color revolution on Putin, they were gonna put this guy in. So that should mm-hmm. tell you what they want. this is a, a Western- They're trying to
6: pull the color revolution right now, by the way. Oh yeah. yeah. They're they're doing it off this. And his, you know, I watched the, uh, the CNN documentary last night. And it is really something. I mean, this guy is first and foremost an influencer and an activist. He is uh, kind of like just a... uh, Patrick, you said he seems like Avenatti. To me, he seemed like an Obama 2.0. Okay. Uh, He seems like uh, if AOC was taken more seriously. And the thing is, they only need to project Navalny to other countries, right? If it's anything like it is here in Russia, and I'm not sure that it is, but it, it kind of, watching this gives me the impression that this element exists there. But but mainstream globalists, especially young ones in Russia, and there have to be some people there who align with the globalist thing, they would be, uh, from all around the world, if people like Navalny and support Navalny, the people in Russia are more likely to support Navalny because that is the global interest. It is global branding, and they'll all get into it. That's what they're able to do now. With make, you know, when they make uh state politics national, all of a sudden everything's a national issue. When you make national politics global, all of a sudden everything's a global issue. And you can influence <clears throat> Russian people in Russian uh, voters with uh, external to Russia politics and external to Russia um, political sentiment, let's say. I want to show
4: you guys something. I want
2: to talk about um, Alexei Navalny, who – so he was – <clears throat> the premier dissident in Russia, he exposed the corruption of Vladimir Putin and yeah. his inner circle, and for that, Putin persecuted him, used nerve agent gas against him, Almost and had him. him in jail. So this death—he's forty—he was forty-seven years old. Vladimir Putin has got the blood of Alexei Navalny on his hands. That's right. Yeah. This was not a uh, accidental death, and you know, I'm
4: trying to make him a martyr.
2: In 2023, there's a documentary that CNN made called Navalny that won the Oscars. His <coughs> wife, his daughter, his son yeah. uh, were part of it. Navalny was part of it, and in his own words, he's asked in the in the film, "What his message to the Russian people?" Oh, I don't
4: need to listen to the rest of that. But they're everybody like
6: all the deep state fags are pushing them. There
0: yeah. is on. Yeah. Uh... hold on.
6: Let me see if maybe go ahead, Patrick.
5: I, I... The people of Russia, I don't really know what they think they're going to accomplish. Somehow, I have no idea, Russia has kind of, it has protected itself against a lot of the tricks that the deep state uses here and in Western nations. They appear to have their elections under control. Otherwise, they would have just gone in and stolen the elections from Putin. So the people of Russia aren't having any of it. No opposition leader is really going to make a difference. The, 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 the color revolution playbook does not work in Russia for some reason. And thank God, uh, because at least there's a couple of countries in this world that can defend themselves against clown world. But I don't if think you def- the only thing was ever really going to be a problem.
6: Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. And I think, you know, the lesson there is if the people are awake to the op that's being run on them and the regime doesn't have full control of the means of information, then it's really hard to sell one of these things. I mean, didn't um Putin would shut down? George like- Floyd have worked without the information infrastructure we had? No, anyway, Sorry, no. John, go ahead. it would have
5: died right then.
4: Well, I was yeah. gonna say, but th- that's kind of what makes Russia different. Is they've shut. He's shut down like Western media influence in Russia. Like they they can't they can't pull color revolutions w- with media influence or with social here. media influence.
5: I I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If we could just take CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, CNBC, if we could just wipe them off of the airwaves half that's half the battle right there we're doing it organically oh well i think it might take <laughs> i mean we need to know it's not going it, to cut it it's just going to have one, to run out of money one special moment yep
4: like what
6: i don't know man it could be uh it could be something in one of these trials it could be them trying a uh a false flag event that they can't pull off at all that blows up in their face I think Mike Turner just false started our way out of one of those this week. Um, John, while we're on be... the topic of Navalny, you can uh, I, I put in the share. Go ahead, say say what you we're gonna say I was gonna John. say I
4: think it's gonna be them trying to pass off Biden as winning the 2024
6: Could be election. that. Yeah. Well let me see if I can play this and make it work.
0: <laughs>
6: this is gonna skip this. Don't worry about this scene.
9: for the longest time, I wasn't sure what to make of Navalny.
4: Is that prison? I always
9: wondered how much of an independent figure he is, or is he one of the many fake opposition figure created by the Kremlin? I criticized him on Twitter. I mean, he was known for having flirted with the extreme right in the early days of his career.
6: He walked. By the way, just to be clear, this is a uh, journalist from Bellingcat. And this is in the Navalny movie. This is the Navalny movie. So this is going to talk about how he's a nationalist. Hold on one second.
9: Side by side with some pretty nasty nationalist and racist. Had he moved beyond that? Had he actually become a reverse Dark Knight?
2: Alexei Навальный Он сегодня с нами на Всем
9: привет! С праздником!
2: Слава России!
9: Те, кто собрались здесь, хоть завтра, могут выгнать всю эту воровскую сволочь из Кремля из правительства. И сейчас, как никогда, нам необходим очень простой лозунг единения: один за всех.
0: Слава России с праздником!
9: Hey, dude, it's the Three Musketeers. <laughs> Within whole my career, I've been asked the same fifteen questions all the time. Are you afraid? Are you working for Kremlin? What is your family doing? You have a responsibility for your family. When, if it's foreign foreign uh, journalists, they asking about nationalism and Russian march. And every one of them, just Jesus Christ, just watch previous interviews. Hold on, just take the Lord's
4: not name.
5: A of there. At that thing? Sorry. Were there not a couple of Nazi guys at that march? But certainly, Zig Haler would be a different category that you would not want to
9: associate with or march beside. Well, in the normal world, in the normal uh, political system, of course, I would never be in the same political party with them. But we are creating coalition, broader coalition to fight a territorial regime just to achieve the situation where everyone can participate in the election. So a lot of politicians will be uncomfortable with even associating or being in the same photograph with one of these guys. No, You're comfortable with that? I, I'm okay with that. And I I consider it's, it's my political superpower. I can talk to everyone. Anyway, you know, for a second. they are...
4: Hold yeah. on, so... That was in the film.
6: That's basically it. Yeah, that's the CNN Oscar-winning documentary. Navalny is talking about how he can work with the Nazis because he's trying to build a coalition. And it's his political superpower to be able to talk to everybody. This is the man that they're hailing right now because he helped them justify why they could support Nazis in Ukraine, too. Okay, hold on.
4: So I I thought he was in prison. I thought he's been in prison.
6: He has since like um, so. This was made in 2021 or 2022, and so he's been there for a couple years. He was on a three-year sentence, part of it for rehabilitating the image of Nazis.
4: That'll do it, (laughs) man. Okay, so confusing, but but it is funny. Like
6: the whole story is absolutely wild, man.
4: It's just wild. Everybody's like everybody on the left is simping for this guy Mm -hmm. when they're simultaneously politically prosecuting and persecuting donald trump it's it's fascinating to watch the hypocrisy
5: yeah it is although that they don't really have hypocrisy because they're they're not hypocrites their 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 standard of behavior is total war at all times they're simply adhering to their principles which is which are attack the enemy at all times no matter what lie cheat steal none of it matters.
6: It's especially strange because they have an election coming up there in four weeks. And, uh, you know, we have the Putin interview with Tucker. Zelensky fires Zelizny. Victoria Nuland shows up in Ukraine. Then this week we get uh, Mike Turner coming out and demanding that the White House turnover records related to some national security threat. And, uh, you know, this is why I hit you and burning bright the other night with that Jake Sullivan clip, because he's talking about how they weren't actually ready to tell anybody about that yet. They were going to go have a closed door meeting with the gang of eight the next day. And then at that point, they very likely would have leaked news of the meeting to the press so that the press goes out with, uh, a secret meeting with between, State Department officials and the Gang of Eight uh, on a new Russian threat that has to do with nuclear weapons in outer space.
4: It's like the trifecta for Patrick.
6: (laughs) It's amazing. And then then the next day, Alexei Navalny is going to be um, killed. It's a lot of events. And it seems like they, uh, another, it seems to me like Mike Turner, uh, either intentionally or inadvertently, killed an info-op that they were running this week.
4: Well, let me play that clip again now, now that you're here. and we understand what you're saying. So, okay, let let me play this again.
6: Thanks, Jake. Uh,
1: Shortly before you came out, Congressman Mike Turner issued a statement saying that President Biden should declassify intelligence related to a, quote, serious national security threat. Um, What can you say about the threat and what the administration plans to do? So first, I reached out uh, earlier this week to the Gang of Eight uh, to offer myself for up for a personal briefing to the Gang of Eight. And in fact, we scheduled a briefing for the four House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. Uh, That's been on the books. So I am a bit surprised that Congressman Turner came out publicly today in advance of a meeting on the books for me to go sit with him alongside our intelligence and defense professionals tomorrow. That's his choice to do that. All I can tell you is that I'm focused on going to see him, sit with him, as well as the other House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow, and I'm not in a position to say anything further from this podium at this time, other than to make the broad point that this administration has gone further uh, and in more creative, more strategic ways, dealt with the declassification declassification of intelligence in the national interest of the United States than any administration in history. Uh, So you definitely are not going to find an unwillingness to do that when it's in our national security interest to do so. At the same time, we, of course, have to continue to prioritize and focus very much on the issue of sources and methods. We'll do that. Ultimately, these are decisions for the president to make. But in the meantime, the most important thing is we have the opportunity to sit in a classified setting and have the kind of conversation uh, with the House intelligence leadership that I, in fact, had scheduled before uh, Congressman.
4: Yeah, I think you're right. I think he nailed it. And Trump already told us that we have nothing to worry about about space nukes, guys.
0: Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Peen, boom, boom.
4: Out of control.
5: So here's the thing. So take a you know a normie type person, like for example, my mother. So she says, "So are you hearing that they're talking about like nukes in space?" And I Russian said, "Russian nukes, in yeah, space. Russian nukes in space." And I said, "Well, I mean, Russians are real, so we've got that going for us because." that there's total I've met Russians I know they exist but <laughs> nukes are fake and space is fake so two of those <laughs> three things are fake and that kind of turns off the normies well at least my mother she's like oh I'm going to go talk to someone else about this you know
4: <laughs> so she does not agree with you on space
5: no 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 not nor nukes so you know all three of, she she thinks all three of those things are real I don't really know what to say about that. It, you know what though? I'll give I'll give credit. My mother did say it does sound made up though.
4: That, that's a, a good first step.
5: Yeah, I agree.
4: I can't wait to take you to space someday, man. Quas totally, is going to so make us awesome. happen. <laughs> <laughs>
5: anyway. um, I will literally, if, even if you, even if you were to take me on a spaceship and I saw the curvature of the Earth, I would say, and I mean it. Okay, well, that's obviously just a screen with CGI on it because there's no curvature on the Earth.
4: I can't wait to take you to space and make you do a spacewalk. All right, do a spacewalk
5: dude, because that's like totally a thing. Because because the sky is such a vacuum. Because that makes so much sense.
4: Hey man, we'll see. Give give me a few years.
5: Are we going to talk about we're going to talk about my very famous my very favorite candle in the wind. The pink backward dress wearing magical Shaniqua, <laughs> Fatty Willis. We're going to talk about her at all.
4: We can close out the, the show with, with Fatty Willis. What, what are your thoughts, Patrick?
5: My thoughts are this woman bribed her Mac Daddy boyfriend with a killer J O B. All right. And paid him <laughs> so much money. They went on these crazy vacations. They did fitty big. And now she mad because they calling her out on her bullshit. And so I'm kind of rooting for her. She gets on that stand and she's like, she is pure indignation and it's beautiful. She's a bitch. Are you going to tell me how to pay my bills? I will cut you bitch. And the entire time, she was so brazen, so obviously corrupt, clearly lying about every bit of it. I started to try I, I kind of felt myself rooting for her.
4: <laughs> wow. That makes sense, man. I I can see how she would be a hero in your story.
5: A little bit, a little bit.
4: That's funny. That that trial has been insane, though. I don't know how much you guys have actually watched of that thing. Like the
5: I was freaking riveted.
4: <clears> that we talked about a little bit last night on the liberty den but they threw his old law firm partner like completely under the bus mm-hmm. after objecting to eight straight hours of questions anytime you got a question from the prosecutor whatever it's not an actual trial but the trump's attorney side they objected to everything and they could not pierce it's attorney-client privilege and then they get up there for like 10 minutes and throw him under the bus while simultaneously Privilege. it was insane
5: oh yeah i i think they have to disqualify her I, it, it's so bad
4: yeah i just don't i don't understand like how this goes back to what was that guy's name that we were talking about earlier um the guy from arizona
6: Ryan macias macias
4: how many of these retards have jobs like this all over the country
6: all of them So I, I did an episode yesterday on Fannie. I have, I have a little bit of a different take on it. Uh, I think it seems, to you know what? One of the funny things is that everybody was saying Fannie Willis is toast after the hearing the other day. And I was thinking about it and I kind of did this kind of tongue in cheek yesterday. But toast is basically like is getting the heat from both sides. And I kind of think that that's where Fannie Willis is right now. Like, I absolutely believe that she is corrupt and incompetent and that all of that is accurately portrayed. I'm sure that she had a relationship with this guy. I am sure that she did not do an investigation and come up with these indictments. And she simply copy and pasted from Brookings, all those things. I'm sure that she was promised big money or big jobs, status and wealth a long career in politics. Maybe she would become the new Stacey Abrams in Georgia or something big dreams for Fannie, maybe big dreams for Nathan Wade, but it also seems like maybe uh, she is now getting screwed by the people she thought were her own side who kind of put her up to all of this. I think that they might be trying to cut bait on some of this Georgia Rico case and they are, um, having Fanny walk the plank. And she is now uh, realizing that she is actually getting burnt on both sides.
5: Dude, so accurate. Go back to her announcement of the charges against Donald, John, Trump that she did. When she first showed up, the look on her face as she opened her notebook was one of revulsion. I mean, this, this woman knows the law. And she knows that the case is bullshit. And it's obvious she's following orders. She's and a I, Soros DA, right? She, she's what?
6: A Soros DA? I don't actually know that.
5: So I don't know that for a fact. I do I did hear from Ash in America that at one time you. she was looked on as kind of a tough on crime racist against the black man uh prosecutor. So I don't know how much of a Soros DA she is. She at least knows the law-ish. And this is not a woman who is acting on her own, just, I've decided I'm going to go after Donald John Trump. I don't think anything like that happened. What if, I'm just proposing this as speculation. What if
6: the people who have her in this position trying this ridiculous case had all of this Nathan Wade stuff over her as compromise in the first place. And now it's getting flushed.
5: <laughs> that's hilarious if that's true. Because think about it. They control her with this Nathan Wade trips to Aruba, etc. And then while she's in the middle of doing this thing that she's doing because she doesn't want them letting this out, they're like, Oh, by the way, <laughs> the bad guys, the, the other side let it out anyway. So you're you're screwed, Fanny. That might be a yeah. source of some of her fury and indignation on the stand.
4: That that's interesting i, I still kind of look at it the other way just based on how stupid these people are like i think yeah. they tried to find as many soros prosecutors as they could to bring cases against trump they wanted as it, death by a thousand cuts and J- jack smith was obviously the big one but they wanted it everywhere and some of these cases are bullshit all these cases are bullshit but some of these prosecutors just have serious issues that they didn't look into because they're too stupid to do so
5: I mean, are we looking at a situation where the enemy is just so pathetically desperate that this is what they have?
4: Yes, that's what I think it is.
5: You see freaking Stephen Colbert melting down on the whatever show he's on?
4: Yeah, that was insane, too.
5: Man, to be an
6: elite uh, party of false decorum parts of our society, you really, really see an extraordinary degree of incompetence. Like, we're talking about people who just get... um, kind of shuffled into each and every aspect of their lives. And they have to do a minimal amount of things. They're placed into positions of importance. They have underlings who can do all the hard work for them. And man, this is what you get and what you breed when you uh, advance through um, corruption and compromise and you select for people who are going to be uh, willing to do that stuff. You're gonna eventually wind up with um, incompetent, retarded, evil people.
5: Speaking of which, I know,
6: I
7: know how numb we've become. But it's not normal. No other candidate for the presidency has ever had to pause his campaign to defend himself in multiple courts. And I would like to point out that in all seven of his cases, no one, no one doubts that he did these things. We're just sitting around patiently waiting to find out if the wheels of justice will grind fast enough for there to be any consequences. And the media is covering it like it's any other political story. Like it's all horse race. I know.
5: It's insane, man. This is a good buddy of John Podosta, by the way. (laughs) Podosta. (laughs) You know,
6: you see what he's doing there and the relationship that he has with his audience and that he has with the camera right there is a little strange. You know, he's basically looking at you in your living room and saying, don't you understand how crazy this is? Like, as if it's me to you, you know, he's trying to get his audience member fired up and emotionally panicked about this stuff. And of course, I mean, what else do these people have?
4: And this came out the same day that Trump got a three hundred and sixty five million dollar judgment on a case where nobody there's no victim.
6: Well, that's, just, that's useful for them so that they can go out and say to everybody, look, Trump is the guy that's really guilty. You know, they're trying Biden for all this stuff, but he's never getting convicted of anything. That's because he's not guilty. Trump is getting convicted of all this stuff because he is really guilty.
4: So stupid. It's
6: cruel what they do to to, to all of these retards. You know, like some of these retards out there are people that I used to care about. Some of them are still people that I do care about. And so I find it particularly cruel that the mainstream media keeps them so retarded. And that is also why I don't forgive these people who are supposedly on our side who are helping keep them retarded.
4: You're our favorite reformed retard, Chris.
6: Thank you. I uh, am committed to a life of uh, being uh, a a redeemable uh, person. You know, can be sure redeemable retard. I say I have a whole lot of merchandise about redeemable communists,
5: <laughs> dude. I gotta buy some of that merchandise.
6: Oh man,
4: uh, Patrick, we should probably do our final sponsor.
5: Oh, really? Um, hold on. You have another sponsor. Oh, that's right. This is a power hour. I John, I closed my. I forgot that we have more than four sponsors.
4: Okay, I'll let you pull that real up real quick.
5: Got it. Trying to
4: get this clip played in time, but I did.
0: Mentally retarded. I mean, he's like really not a smart guy.
4: (laughs) When Trump Trump said retarded way back in the day. Oh, I
5: got it. I'm ready. Okay. In today's fast-paced world, peace of mind is priceless. That's where Badlands Media steps in. Preparing for life's uncertainties is about being ready for anything right where you are. Welcome to the Badlands Media Shop. We've partnered with patriot companies offering products that empower you to prepare for any eventuality comfortably from your home. The Badlands Shop has everything you need to secure your peace of mind. Browse the virtual aisles. Prepare your family for the year ahead with products you can trust from companies that share your values. Whether it's growing your own food or prepping long-term storage, protecting your family, or stocking up on emergency supplies, we got you covered. Be prepared. Visit Badlands Media Shop at badlandsmedia.tv shop today. Every purchase supports a freedom-loving business, and it also supports Badlands Media. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash shop.
4: Awesome. Let's do some rumble rants, huh? You got them
5: pulled um, up, Patrick? I got
4: them all. Awesome, bro. And all are right. you doing um Epic Lit after this?
5: Epic Lit is in progress even as we speak, but it's fine, guys. You can just watch it uh, on replay. It is the fourth turning, the third part of the third chapter. It really sets the stage for all the predictions they're about to make for America. So definitely check it out. All right. $5 little bit four five four. Love this show. Thank you very much. $17, 1027 JS. Hello, all, and hello back to you. $5, you Tattooed Teacher. Fatty was a gift from the Matrix. The absurd absurdity of her personal disaster brought tears to my eyes. Enjoy the winning. Thank you so much, Tattooed Teacher. Five dollars, Phil Scarborough. It was my great honor to create the DPH opener, and so glad people are still getting something out of it. Unlike the thousands of crappy commercials I've made in my life. PS PHS JR are my initials. That's a lot of initials, bro. That's five initials. <laughs> there was no maybe the JR is junior. All right. Anyway, thank you very much for the super chat.
6: Uh, Can I on- say one more thing about Fanny? I don't yes. want to I don't want to leave this off. All so right. uh So I think, I just want, it's something fun for us to watch over the next few months. If, so we've talked before about how we think that Biden's going to get stuck running. They're not going to be able to get rid of him, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked maybe a little bit, I think, about Robert Menendez and how he's not stepping down for whatever reason. He's going to be trying to run for reelection this year. They can't get uh, rid of him. So right there, you've got two people who everyone understands are corrupt as hell with the party that's destroying the country, all the forces against them and the Democrats, the regime can't get rid of them. I think maybe we're going to see the same thing with Fannie. It'll be so funny if they can't get rid of
5: her. Oh my God, you're so And they leave
6: her in place and then she still has to try this case. And Donald Trump gets to bring election fraud evidence out in the case, that would be the, the greatest thing ever.
4: That would be fascinating. I just I don't know how the judge could let her if they prove that she perjured herself. You can't have a D.A. run a trial when you put
5: Thompson. Peter Thompson was 100 percent able to say in a court of law, hey, this election was totally legit in Arizona. They can freaking do anything in these courts. A hundred dollars. Boom diggity. Thank you so much for the awesome super chat. Hello, gentlemen. I highly recommend Mike Ben's cyber channel on Rumble, especially stream number six and number seven. Enron, the smartest guys in the room movie. Watch relevant to today. Energy Mafia, Neocons and Ukraine. Uh, I'm going to watch that. Thank you so much. Boom diggity. That yeah, was great. Uh, $2, Zenpapa. It's scary how much AI has progressed in the last three years. It is also scary to think how much further it will progress in the next three in the future. It could be indistinguishable from reality. I agree. I think that technology might already be available, and it's just being rolled out to us slowly. $5, DAC8869. GART4 in Dallas starts in 60 days, 19 hours, 2 minutes, and 17 seconds. See y'all there. We're going to have a good time. I love Dallas, and I love Town Square. I love that hotel. It's going to be a good time. Uh, thank you so much for the Super Chat. If you think it's right, there's a, a few available still. Excellent. $20, Beth528. He has a history of being the alt-right content creator behind Frame Game. Be interested in your view on that. Who? Hmm. Thank hmm. you so much for the Super Chat. Uh, but we don't know who you're talking about specifically. Um, but Maybe Benz? Maybe Mike Benz? Maybe. Alt-right? Content creator behind Frame Game. We will check it out. $5, Angie K. You have to remember, before Obama left office, he tied together 17 agencies, and I think they all worked through the Pentagon. Maybe. Okay, now we know what you're referring to, though. Uh, Yeah, that was probably Mike Benz that Beth528 was referring to. Uh, $20, Under the Mercy 8, just because I love you guys and appreciate your insight. Thank you, and thank you very much. Ghost of Based Patrick Henry, $5. Uh, never mind the content of this ex-post. Check out the responses. Oh, right. That's when you showed us that there was bots. Thank you. $2. Sleep state. Horrific Gaza images. Censored on both X and Truth Social. Thank you very much for those, John. If you want to grab that, you can. Uh, $5. Max Truther. Restroom bacteria. Patrick, you are the Don Rickles of Badlands Media. My kind of humor. Please don't change. Really appreciate that. I, I appreciate the encouragement. Uh, $10, M2S. I love you guys. The first thing Mike talks about is the DARPA created Google. Huge red pill. Any advice on how to drop it on normies? (sighs) That's a great question. How do you drop that on normies? I think they're kind of ready for it right now. Just send
4: it to them. Yeah. Do do me one favor. Watch this video. Mm -hmm. It's not a waste of time. You will come away smarter and get back to me. Like Just send it to people.
5: Yep, you're right, yeah. $10 counterinsurgent. Fun fact, allegedly, in 2020, 37% of U.S. households still had a copper wire landline. All other landlines were VoIP lines, voice over IP. Huh. I did not know that. Thank you, counterinsurgent. Wow. $50 bacon pancakes. Okay, that sounds really good. If any device receives a message with a phishing link, I read it, can run without clicking the link. I believe it came from the FBI. Uh, Well... Shit, I didn't know that. So just o- just opening the email at all can be a problem. Uh, $20, hmm. under the mercy, eight, cloven hoof, la, 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 Thank you very much. $20, boom diggity. Thank you so much for that one. Executive order mentioned at 36 minute mark of Ben's video. He does not mention the EO number. He mentions the date, January 6th, 2017.
4: That'd be Biden. I think he must be referring to
3: no 2017
4: obama i meant um and yeah, I think that'd he's be obama. referring to it wasn't executive order but here Man. let me play it
3: And a dhs mandate saying that elections are now critical infrastructure you had this new power within dhs to say that cybersecurity attacks on elections are now our wow. purview and then they did two cute things one they they said so they said misdis and malinformation online are a form of cyber security attack. They are a cyber attack. All right, hold on.
4: Executive order.
3: To be able to deal with that. And essentially on the heels of a CIA memo on January 6, 2017, and a same day DHS executive order on January 6, 2017, arguing that Russia had interfered in the 2016 election, and a DHS mandate saying that elections are now critical infrastructure.
4: It, it wasn't a Teach us exactly. What anyway, keep reading the rants. I'll, I'll find this.
5: Absolutely. Um, okay, next rant. Sorry. Uh, Five dollars. BEJ twenty eight eighty one. I think you guys missed it in that vigilant fox clip. You showed the guy Tucker was interviewing. Did say that the Pentagon, and then Tucker stopped him and said, "Wait, our Pentagon was censoring Americans." Oh, okay. So I guess we should go back and check on that at some point. Uh, $5. Thank you for the super chat. $5. Um, have you seen the video on Epic times with fatty Willis stating, I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. Let me just say that the link is probably too long to post here. Yep. She definitely said (laughs) something like that somewhere. Good old Fatty. Uh, under the Mercy 8, Cloven Constitution. It has. It has been cloven in twain. Thank you very much. $10, Mighty Brush 68. Is CISA a way to get all of the DS, uh-huh. deep state turds, in one spot? Easier to follow and document. Just asking for a fellow restroom bacterium. Thank you very much for that. Um, Maybe. It could be. But, uh, boy, they sure are wreaking damage. I think a lot of what we're seeing in, on the world stage today is people being surveilled while they commit crimes. So there's something to be said for
3: that.
2: Saddening to me if young women felt like they came to work and they were one, even judged for being a woman, but two, if certainly they felt uncomfortable within the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That will not be Mm -hmm. something that is allowed on my watch. Um, Supervisors under my leadership that are not encouraging and building up my staff will not be supervisors long in my administration. And um, I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. Let let me just say that, Um, you know, we are at a place in society where things happen in people's relationships, husband and wife. Sometimes there are outside relationships. I don't think that that's what the community is concerned about, although there, you know, there might be a, a moral breaking in that. I think that what citizens are really, really concerned about is if you chose to have inappropriate contact with employees. I mean, there's nothing that I can say on it other than it is distracting. Um, It is certainly inappropriate for the number one law enforcement officer in the state. Um, And it just it it really, really saddens me. And it will be very unfortunate if the taxpayers of this community have to pay for any of those lawsuits. Exactly.
4: So they probably saw that clip and like there's no way she'd ever do that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're good. Oh, that's crazy.
5: (laughs) So wonderful.
4: Maybe I it, is, the the movie, Maybe it is, is a movie, guys. Maybe it is. The timeline
5: is so friggin' lit. $5. JB Rowell. Not everybody is a black hat or white hat or in on the op. Some people are just retards trying to be relevant. Yes. And some people are smart people uh, also trying to be relevant. And some people are smart people not trying to be relevant. We have a mixture of all of these things. James Dellingpole wrote an amazing piece about how a lot of these people who are in the public sphere really are earnest people who just fall victim to tribe mentality, uh, institutional conformity, lots of other things. There are lots of incentives involved. Uh, There are also,
6: it's worth saying, there are also a lot of people who are are not wittingly in and op, but who are nonetheless influenced to believing and saying certain things Based on the censorship and propaganda apparatus and based on the fact that once people do get a voice and have a platform and are able to communicate, if they are subject to any variety of different influences, those influences can be applied rather easily and people can be let in unwittingly to saying a bunch of things that are retarded.
5: Uh, the chat is noticing uh, the way Fatty was dressed in that interview that John just played, and I think that her outfits speak for themselves. Just damn! I mean, wh- what is she? <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> anyway. Uh, ten dollars, uh, a twenty dollars under the mercy eight. I'm your moderator. Thank you, thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, Five dollars, Vegas deplorable twenty six. Have you guys seen the redacted show clip that talks about Ale- Alexei Navalny? It's good, great show, guys. Uh,
4: I've not seen one. that. It is Chris? very good.
5: Okay. Uh, $50 Trump-NATO for watched Tucker interview with Mike. The swamp is so deep and so financially supported, does Trump have a chance blowing it up when he gets back in? Can he defund all the agencies that ran the coup? Your guess is as good as mine. What do you think, guys? Is that Yes. The, is that this clip? Chris?
6: Uh, yes. It That does look like it. It is her... There is an, there's a really interesting section about three minutes in where she talks about his poisoning and goes through how fake it obviously is. 16
5: minutes, 57 seconds?
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Okay. Who's the woman? Her name's Natalie
6: Morris, and she and her husband right do that show redacted. Oh,
4: oh the Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. I, th- I thought I was sharing the screen.
8: OK, question number two. Was he poisoned by the Russian government for being in opposition to Vladimir Putin? Well, the alleged poisoning happened on a flight from Tomsk to Moscow. His entourage said at first that it happened with tea, but the tea was brought to him by his own colleagues. There was another weird story about underwear. Uh, when no one could corroborate that later, they said it was from water bottles from the hotel. They said that they actually took these bottles to Germany for analysis, but airport security footage shows that the luggage was checked. There was never any bottles. And the German government never said that they looked through any bottles, so that was weird. Um, And, in fact, his own colleagues later retracted the water bottle story. Now, about that poisoning, they claim it was Novichok, which means little one, in Russia. Strangely enough, reports are that Novichok, is a combat toxic that remained at the experimental stage and was never actually adopted by the USSR or Russia. They noted that its high toxicity made it difficult to handle on the battlefield, meaning if they tried to poison people with it, they'd get hurt themselves. So the Soviets abandoned it, and the facilities were then converted to produce chemicals for civilian use in 1987. Okay, but guess who does have Novichok? This is interesting, and guess where it's kept? According to sources, um, Novichok has been found in several NATO countries, including Germany, the United States, Great Britain, Czechoslovakia, and Sweden, and has been used for the purpose of research and the development of anecdotes. As early as 1990s, the United States has filed nearly 140 patents on chemical weapons of this type. And as early as 1998, the American Chemical Weapons Laboratory in Edgewood synthesized Novichok. And according to this former FSB director, a small stockpile of Novichok existed in Ukraine. Huh. Okay. But suppose someone in Russia did get their hands on some Novichok and used it to poison Alexei Navalny. Well, this is known as an organophosphorus toxin which means it disrupts the functioning of the muscles and it's irreversible. You seize up and then you can't reverse that basically. Doctors, if they suspect that anyone has been poisoned with it, they have to wear full protective gear and masks. Funny, because no one who ever treated Navalny was in that gear, not on the plane, not in the hospital, not in the ambulance. That's weird, right? Why is that? In fact, when he was later flown to Germany for treatment, we're gonna get to why in a second, the German government later said, why did we put our people at risk if he was exposed to Novichok? Uh, And they were upset about it.
6: Yeah, we can, I mean, that's, that's some of the explanation there. You know, in the Navalny doc, you actually watch this Bellingcat, you know, quote unquote journalist, approach Alexei Navalny on Twitter And then together, they operate this little prank call sting. And that's how they, quote unquote, prove that Putin poisoned Navalny. And the entire thing starts with this guy, Grezov, who's the Bellingcat guy, uh, intuiting that the Skripal poisoning in the UK was Novichok. And that means it's likely that Navalny could be poisoned with Novichok. So he looks up all the places that might have Novichok, finds a a lab in Russia, then begins using special uh, data analysis tools that he got off the black market So that he could track who was at that lab, then try to compare them with other potential people who would be involved in like Russian uh, intel and security agencies so that he could map them up, then create a pattern of them traveling to that same area so that they could have gone into Alexei Navalny's stuff and put Novichok in the crotch of his underwear. (laughs) And he and the proof that he is poisoned was that he started moaning and screaming and spazzing out on a plane and then they wouldn't let his family see him in a hospital. Finally, though Putin had poisoned him and was then holding him in this hospital under military guard so the family could not see him, he then released Navalny so that he could be flown back to Germany to his family. That is really the story that they're telling in this documentary. It's insane. It's insane.
4: Being crotch poisoned would be terrible, though. I agree with there, that.
6: A there worst. is no proof anywhere in the world that he was poisoned or that Russia did it or that it was Novichok. And all of these things, according to the central narrative, are
5: 100% true. It's <sighs> my blowing Fredo Awakening. Sources close to Chris Paul tells me he is a Russian asset. Same sources say Gunnels took care of Alexei Navalny via poisoned angel paste. They also say Michelle Obama has a penis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice that super chat. Uh, $5 Adirondacks for me. Here's how you fix elections and wake up Americans. Military rigs 2024 election. Give Trump 500 million votes and Brandon 400 million. And presto, immediately red pill everyone on election fraud. Yeah, there's something to be said for that just making it retarded just really really just beat people in the face with it uh, five dollars wtby free haven't had a chance to rant for a while you guys are always awesome did you hear about the u.s moving ships toward china i didn't
4: i feel like they rerun that story like i feel like we've been moving ships to china for the past like two years
5: Quite possibly. Yeah, I do hear it. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. $5. Mind my own. We are at war. These little pussies trying to take credit for truth that we've been screaming about from the bowels of the internet can go to hell. I Thank really enjoyed reading that one. Last one. And $5. Sammy the squirrel. I got my jimmies rustled. <laughs> and they talked about how the New World Order and Deep State are very worried in 2011 to 2012 about free speech and social media connecting it to revising the Smith-Munt Act of 2012.
4: You're watching too much Burning Bright. I, you get I, your jimmies rustled.
5: I, my jimmies rustled. Is that, a, is that a Boston thing?
4: I don't know. It's a homosexual thing, I think.
5: Possibly. <laughs> Gentlemen. Just
4: kidding. Pleasure
5: as always.
4: Yes, this was fun, guys. Thank you um, for tuning. in. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Yeah, get your guard tickets. Sixty days away—that's crazy, or whatever number that was. Crazy, Can't it,
5: it is that. crazy. It's a little well, you know, April nineteenth. Like it's a sixty-two days or something like that, or whatever.
4: He had the countdown. I trust it. He probably looked into the the math on that.
0: Yeah, probably. short.
6: We're in the short month.
0: Oi.
4: it's true. It's true. I don't. I don't have an outro set up. So oh well, oh, well, I'll find something though, but you awesome. guys can go if you're in a hurry. I'm, go- I'm going to bed. <laughs> Good night, guys. Good night, guys. We'll catch you later. Okay. We'll do it live.
0: Okay. Well, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live.